Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> watching Salem's Lot today. <laughs> I feel so bad because I really wanted to like this movie and I've always wanted to see it. So I was really excited. Then I found out it was three hours and I was like, there's no point. There's it's no reason. quite long. There's no quite reason. long. It is three hours and 12 minutes. So I get it. This is his thing apparently. But the, this he, one's not good. <laughs> they love doing this with his thing. And this one actually like got a lot of praise for like People trimming the fat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i was like what, what how much trim? fat is in this book so much because <laughs> oh my is it really God. every character gets a backstory no we don't need it i <laughs> i'm gonna just do the facts so i can get through them because i didn't have a yeah. lot because unfortunately we just didn't have a lot on the people who made it but i have some fun facts about how it was made i guess yes. it's kind of fun <laughs> i'll never i'll never forgive this do movie we, have we done the introduction no. <laughs> Listen, Who I was so it? angry. We have a guest, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. I was mad about Salem's Lot and I wanted to get it out of here. Do you want to introduce yourself for one? Because you, I want you to talk about your podcast because yeah. we were on it and I loved it and I want you to describe sure. it. <laughs> yeah. My name is Daniel Kunkel. Um, I run uh, a couple of different shows, but the one that we're talking about is The Great Transylvanian Bite Off. Uh, with my good friend Evan Morcall, and we are watching every single. It was initially movies, but we've since done Castlevania the first season. Oh, no. and, Holy shit! Uh, oh, I watched that. It's a good show. It's yeah. a good show. Um, and the, the like the 2020 BBC Dracula. So we just watch anything with Dracula in it, and we have a. Um, like a mathematical ranking for them. Um, so there's a certain amount of categories that we have and, and they get ranked out of 10. So there is a numerical value on a Dracula. Um, yeah. And if you're ever a guest on the show, do not try to rate Dracula high because you <laughs> will get made fun of. <laughs> we were, we were Some looking people at, just weren't impressed. We just went back and looked at older scores and we were like, should we touch on on scooby-doo which is the episode that, that we did yeah. and it's like n- no because i don't want to touch that score because i think we're getting an email from you two about it because we had to fight and scrape to settle on that score amongst all of us amongst all of us i know I that like, i threw a wrench into it. it i was giving I out like tens i was giving out like five like full on however high you would let me go i was giving out <laughs> highest scores and you guys were like Oh, I gave it like a 0. 0.5. We have a, we have a miscellaneous category, which is meant to be like, what is a, a unique thing that this Dracula has? And so it can be a, a unique power or a, or an ability they might have. And for this particular Dracula, he has like a 3.6, I think, out of 5 because he's green. He's green. He did it really well. He didn't even he green. Did it. He does he it well. Have. He does he wasn't, it well, you know. He wasn't saturated enough yeah. for me to get a 5, he but he certainly... It's just, wasn't quite Grinch level. If he had been like Grinch that. level, 
We're talking. That's the you big You did bonus. ask us. You were like, what's his like defining kit? And we both were like, well, he's green. Yeah. And you were like, that's not quite, green. but that's it fine. Wasn't, it wasn't his drag racing abilities or the yes, fact he, that his girlfriend slash wife is better than well. him. But he, I get the feeling that he knows how to. Maybe. Know? I'm not convinced. I I just think that he's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. Everyone just listen to it and then see if I'm right by giving him some nice high scores. <laughs> He still did pretty well compared. I mean, pretty well. Granted, like two of our strongest, like the best Draculas we've seen are animated ones, and Mm -hmm. so he's like, but he's in good company in that regard. Like animated can really can really set a precedent in a lot of ways because they can do just whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I'm proud of him personally. (laughs) You go, Dracula. It's the thing I'm most proud of in life. Thing I'm most proud. (laughs) Gave that Dracula from the '80s of like a 36, I think. (laughs) That'd be on my tombstone. <laughs> God. All right. Now that we've made you introduce yourself, thank you so much. Thank we haven't you. done that in a while. We haven't forgotten uh, to introduce uh-uh. a guest in a, lo- a long time, but congrats. That's um, what Stephen King does to you, though, ain't yeah. it? Yeah. He just forgets mm-hmm. to introduce things and characters and <laughs> backstories. I just... See, I was so enraged by this movie that I was like, the sooner we get to being able to talk about why I'm mad, the better. <laughs> and I was just like, come on, let's do this. Yes, sorry. Yes, you wanted to do facts. Yes. No, it's okay. It's time. We're talking about Salem's Lot. There is another one. Yes, in two thousand four. I is that is that a another original one or is that I uh, the second? Oh, I think it's another original one. Okay, I'm not positive though because I, Return yeah. to Salem Lot was also made in two thousand four. So that's oh. why I was like, yes, could this just be? Hmm. Rob Lowe's, I believe, is is another one of this. Uh, and you know what, guys. It's also three hours, basically. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So don't watch it. Why? I was at first I, don't I was know pissed. Why. At first I was like, oh my God, we watched this one when we could have watched a shorter one with Rob Lowe. Like, I don't like Rob Lowe that much, but like, whatever. It would have been okay. Then I found out it was three hours and I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm we, cursed either way. We also did have a moment where I well, I had a moment where I panicked and I was like, what yes. if we all watch different Dracula? <laughs> I genuinely was a little worried because yeah. I did not know and I was like, oh, Fuck. I like sent Daniel an email, Nikki a text, and I was like, hey, just like so I'm totally 110% sure we're covering the 1979 one, right? <laughs> if not, it's okay. The Midwestern thing. Oh, God. I actually would have loved that. It would have been really funny. I shouldn't yeah. have told you. All they're right. Doing another, they're doing another movie of this, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, 2022. Yeah. It looks, if it's, I think it's also going to be like three hours, and I don't it's need by the, that. It's by the it guys, so. <sighs> I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> I want to like it. And part of me wants to give it a chance. A part of me, maybe, listen, I've come into episodes before hating the movie. Black and then by Christmas. the end, I like it. I loved Black Christmas. But I didn't hate that one. Like, I mm. hate that. Mm. We'll see. I'm not going to give it my full opinion yet <laughs> until I hear about it. Let's get to it. This movie was made in 1979. Based on the novel of the same name, obviously. And it was made uh, written in 1975. It was directed by Toby Hooper which I don't understand, but he also made Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist, two movies that I like quite a bit. So Toby Hooper, you're on thin ice. Uh, the screenplay was by Paul, I think it's Monash? Yes, sorry. I wrote it weird. I have horrible handwriting, but I could not find a ton on like everything he wrote because I didn't know any of it. It's just a super, super, super long list of, 
I had no idea. I didn't know any of the other movies. And I was like, well, if people would like to look him up, it's Paul Monash. I couldn't write one down because I was like, there's so many here. Uh, similarly, music was Harry Suckman. Well, His name is Suckman. He had a bad childhood. Yeah, that last name. Yeah, Daniel's making a really good face <laughs> for this last name. Oh, man. Uh-huh. I don't know how to pronounce it. If it's Suckman, that sucks. And if it's Suckman. That sucks, man. <laughs> Still a little that sucks, man. <laughs> I think Sukman is the only Sukman winning is one. Yeah. Okay. But with a first name like Harry, I really don't think it's Sukman. Yeah. But either way, he did the music. Oh. Um again, same same issue with Paul Monash. He did so many things that I was like, I don't know which ones to write down because mm-hmm. they were all things that like were pretty small and I had never heard of. And I was like, well, if people would like to look him up, go for it and let me know if there's anything in there that was super interesting, because a lot of it looked like short films that I was like, cool. But I'm looking through it now. See, it's ominous that this was the last thing he did, though. It, this was the last thing he did, yeah. And I'm like, was it a curse? But also, I think he was quite old. so He might have been 96, but maybe but he was cursed. Maybe he was cursed. So, also, it didn't... Obviously, I mean, there's no way to say what this made, because it yeah. was on TV. Yeah. But the budget... I mean, if you want to guess the budget... I know the budget. You know the budget. Daniel, I'm trying to guess what the budget is. Oh, God. For this it, awesome, it... beautiful chef's kiss film. This, okay, so this was 79, mm-hmm. so that would have been... Oh, that man, I don't even... Calculator? Like, t- okay, no, but it's three hours, so it's quite long. And the it's effects are hours. not bad. The effects are not They're bad. Not so, two, uh, like, 1.5 million, two... Mm. Four million. You're, you're pretty close. Yeah. You're Four there. Million. Yeah. Four million. Four million. That's a lot even today budget. in real money. God, wow. That's a Bloomhouse thing. A lot of mist. A lot of mist. A lot of mist in this movie. <laughs> well, Bloomhouse is known Ooh. for doing like $4 million budgets. And that's like, like horror movies are notoriously cheap to make. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like the time, yeah. it's very interesting. It's a lot. Spent. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a for, I was expecting a lot less, especially for made for TV. But then again, that could be why it's more is because I would assume because it's made for TV, more people could potentially see it. Because um, you're just flipping through. You're like, sure, I'll watch Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Don't well, do it's it. Two ni- it's two nights, probably. It's so two you nights. Double the advertising spots. Right. So, so like, it kind of makes sense. I get it. Here are my sort of fun facts. Uh, so they couldn't <laughs> find um, a house that looked like the house that's in the movie. So um, they just created a three-story facade and they built it over just like a house or a building that already existed. Um, and it took twenty days to build. And then an, uh, and they spent seventy thousand more dollars just to do the inside of the house. Huh. So it's not real. It's just completely fake. Did, did they know how much the outside cost? It didn't say how much the outside cost, which was weird. I don't know why. I would assume similar amount or more because they had to build a full three story like fake. Yeah. I love Wild. when you see because I think it. I think the house looks pretty good. They shoot it, it really well and it looks good. But I love the idea when they build stuff like that where you could just like walk up and just tip it over. Just be like if bye. you really wanted to. Like <laughs> there's something powerful about knowing that. It makes me feel a little bit like a god. I feel like very I confident watching like, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is this was kind of a fun fact. I was excited about this one. Uh, so obviously a lot of the vampires levitate in this movie. Um, levitation sequences were shot in reverse to make Ooh. them look more eerie. I didn't really get it, but yeah, like it's pretty cool. Um, and they were also hung from, uh, boom, like arms instead of, uh, wires. Cause they were like, even in the best movies, you can see wires and we don't want that. So they were like, well, let's hang them from the boom arms. So they kind of just had them floating there. <laughs> I was like, that's safe and great. 
for them, I think. And Osha <laughs> loved it. I bet they liked it a lot. The kids were probably loving it. They were like, this yeah. is the best day of my life. Hell yeah. Oh, um, my God. And also, the fake nails and the teeth would constantly fall off, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. apparently. And the contacts could only be worn 15 minutes at a time and had to be taken out for 30 minutes. Those are contacts? Yeah. And they kept going sideways. (laughs) Like they would like turn when they... (laughs) So can you imagine just like 15 minutes, they'd be like, hurry up. Come on, get in here. (laughs) And and Jim knocked the set over again. Crap. (laughs) The house (laughs) is knocked over. This kid's contact is sideways. Just call it off. (laughs) I can't imagine getting kids to wear something like yeah. that. that's why i thought it was like i thought they went in afterward and colored it in like on I the think, film but i'm assuming they added a little bit of like glowing effects to mm. it they had to have but because they, t- they glow they glow. glow but yeah it's contacts oh. and they said they would move a lot and that checks out i guess Ugh. the but... moments where they have the prosthetic teeth i there was so much <laughs> tongue action <laughs> happening Let's... where i was like it had to be a drool issue like there is no other way around this <laughs> Yes, this there is a Joker's a makeup situation of like, <laughs> no, it's not a thing. It was just so annoying to deal with that. That's why I did this. Oh, God. I just love to picture the master just being like, eh, and there's one tooth. Like, and I'm like, oh, man, restart. <laughs> They're like Jesus. looking for it. Right? And like, like steps on his over large fingers. <laughs> his little pinkies. And he can probably barely see out of those barely things. Barely see. Like, Apparently, yeah, they had to take him. Like, you couldn't see anything. Mm-mm. So, like, they had to just keep taking him out because they were so uncomfortable. I just, this, you know what? Just that fact alone is redeeming this movie a little bit because I think that's funny as hell. (laughs) If this is a comedy, I'm in. But because it's not, I'm pissed. (laughs) There are definitely moments of where of unintentional comedy oh definitely i have those written down don't even get me started we're not there yet let me let me do my one sentence summary so we can get to horror so i can read these notes that i wrote down because they're unhinged i love this for you oh this was three days of watching this movie before it expired on my Mm. apple tv (sighs) the one sentence summary oh let's see a man goes back to his hometown Mm mm-hmm everyone's turning into a vampire yeah <laughs> that's it i mean right like yeah. you're not no that's captures it i don't understand like we'll, <laughs> we'll get to it i didn't understand the movie is what i'm saying <laughs> i don't understand why this town was there something specific about this town so like, have I, I, yeah yeah but it's but it's weird stephen king dark tower stuff why it was chosen um so who who, so who really knows <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah god and I have like the vague answer of why he chose a town like that, but I don't have the like okay. why did the vampires choose this town? They right. try to That's give an explanation. Wondering. They, tr- I think they like really quickly. It, I think the right the the main guy tries to yeah. give a he, really quick explanation about maybe you're like slightly too inbred, maybe you're slightly too isolated. I was like, what does that even mean? That is like, so would, weird, man. I was like, maybe your blood is thick, and I was like, what? <laughs> Like he says, like three things, and what I was just like, "The fuck!" The only- I love this. <laughs> it was yeah. He, was, he tried to make it. A, there's all I could think. Well, well, because I, I watched this in college, and I haven't watched it since then, or really thought about it since then. Yeah. Um, and all I could think while watching it was, <laughs> "Wow, Midnight Mass is so much better." <laughs> That's than what I this. thought. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is not like not shot for shot because Midnight Mass is better, but like beat for beat. <laughs> Pretty much the Midnight Mouse. They're there. Uh, they have similar vibes. It's a similar, like, seaside town. It's very, like, 
Ooh, what if vampires were here? And then everybody was one. Um, but yeah, Midnight Mass just did it so much better. Things Midnight actually Midnight Mass does it happen. better and has an interesting conversation about like, just... like what is, you know, what's faith and all that. My, um, my favorite Midnight Mass story is that my dad texted me after we'd both watched it and he was like, you're your granddad loves midnight mass and i was like oh. whoa i didn't okay i didn't expect that like that's <laughs> awesome and then he was like yeah he and my grandmother my grandmother does not like horror does not like action you know, very classic movie and they started watching it thinking it was a documentary stop no they, no <laughs> they thought it was a documentary at what point did they figure it out it they took them a while, <laughs> which if you've seen Daniel. Midnight Mass, it really sh- shouldn't take uh-uh. you a while. It's it pretty obvious after the first like 20 minutes. Well, I, oh, I think I think they maybe thought it was like a re- one of those reenactment documentaries. Okay, okay that um, I can see. And then I think when they – because I think when you see the, the glowing eyes and the cats are getting eaten, that's the point you're like, oh, maybe – Maybe. Maybe not a documentary. Maybe when the man went into the cave, an old man, and came out a young man. Yeah. I, I would yeah. have been like, I, have, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but listen, I think that's a really cool journey for your grandparents. So yeah, so she stopped watching it. And my granddad finished it. And my granddad, my granddad's like hardcore, grew up Catholic and stuff. And I was like, what did you What'd think you about think? it? And he was like, it's good. I liked it. Huh. Oh. I was like, oh, okay. Nice. Did All you right. get it? That's what I was going to say. I was like... Because I don't think it like you. But did you get it? Okay. All Good right, for you. Sure. God, that's so funny. Yeah, I agreed. I had the same thought while watching it. Is I was very much like, oh, so it's like Midnight Mass, but not... Mainly because it's a vampire good. and because of the... Are, are we, the are we setting. talking about... Yeah, can I talk about anything? Because like the way it yeah. ends is totally... Oh, wait. Midnight. Which one? This movie or Midnight Mass? Salem's Lot. The way that Salem's Lot it. ends is... Th- we're going to spoil it, everybody. <laughs> we're going to spoil Midnight Mass. The ending of Midnight Mass is they burn the town down. And the ending of this is pretty much that they burn this town down, too. Um, <laughs> which I, I love the scorched earth tactic that some of Stephen King's... Most Stephen King characters are pretty like tame when it comes yeah. to dealing with the monster. Mostly because they're all uh, kids. But I love this unhinged man just being like, burn it down. I'm done. Just light it up. We could go door house to house methodically, maybe go get somebody else. No. Nope. No. No. We have to down. end this. Burn and it the kid's down. Like, all oh, the wind's blowing the wrong one. He's like, good, I don't care. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Because with Midnight Mass, at least, when they, spoiler alert, when they burn their town down, it's an island. So it's not going right. to spread. This is like Maine, though. This is like, right. this is the not rest of Maine stop. can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> they did well, not he pieces care. Off to, he pieces off to Guatemala at the end, so he doesn't oh, honestly, care. I have my favorite line in this entire movie is from the very end in Guatemala, and I can't wait to say it and talk about it. Because <laughs> maybe I just missed something and I'm wrong, but I cannot wait to say it. I'm we'll talk about it in horror. But I'm excited to get to Nerd Corner because every time you do Nerd Corner, there's a possibility that it could save it for me and make me <laughs> like this movie. It, I don't know. It's good for there to be inherent conflict in a podcast where you, where <laughs> you never know if someone's going to actually like something right. at the end of it. Like Always exciting. It, with Black Christmas, I actually did like it. I just needed it like explained a little because I was like, I'm kind of confused. With this one, I was confused, but also I was like, I don't need to be. This is unnecessary. <laughs> So we'll I, talk about it. Just real quick, I want to say these are my sources. And then also Ridiculous. these, I did <laughs> a bit of reading. Uh, some of so them I couldn't much. print. 
I mean, it's three hours. There's just been a lot of papers and books held up in front of me for those of you listening at home. Audio medium. (laughs) Uh, So, did you get locked out of any uh, newspapers for this one? (laughs) She always reads so many articles. What was the one? Oh, for fourth kind. She kept reading. She kept reading Alaskan newspapers, and they were like, "You've read too many. You can't read this anymore." I got cut off. It was heartbreaking because I was like, maybe this will be the article. No. Okay, you like the news too much. Actually. <laughs> no. Like, more for you. Take it away from you. Oh man, do you All want right. the Rotten Tomatoes summary in there? Yeah, part? yeah. Give me the Rotten Tomatoes okay. summary first. I kind of forgot because I was like, I nailed it. So. You did. Like, I don't really. That's why I was like, I don't know if we need the. Rotten you can Tomatoes read it, summary. but <laughs> we already know which one's better. Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes says. Based on the Stephen King novel, Ben Mears has returned to his hometown of Salem's Lot to write a book about the supposedly haunted Marston House that resides on a hill overlooking the small town. His project is curtailed, however, when he finds out that someone has bought the long-empty property. But when people around the Marston House start dying mysteriously, Mears discovers that the owner of the mansion is actually a vampire who is turning them into an army of undead slaves. Yeah, honestly, long-winded. Yeah. Too you much. don't need it. Too much. It matches the movie, though. It's all fluff. <laughs> I appreciate the bold decision to do simultaneously a haunted house movie and a vampire movie, but also mm-hmm. not really commit to either one. Uh-huh. I loved that. Uh huh. They were like, "Is it haunted? Is it vampires?" And they're like, "We're gonna tell none of you." Is Every there time... a ghost? Ooh. Maybe I'll ben... never tell. Ben asks so many people, do you think that something can be inherently evil? And they're like, "I don't give a shit. I'm a vampire." So many times. <laughs> The most okay, so this this is a movie with a with a like a vampire, full on vampire, flying, turning into smoke, the whole nine yards. The most unbelievable part of this movie is how many people seem genuinely interested in asking Ben about his book. Yeah. Yeah. In this small small little main town, everybody is like. Oh, what's your book about? And he's like, Oh, it's the old house. And they're like, Oh, tell me more about that, actually. No, <laughs> not how no. that works. A hundred percent. I did love when he got to his little, uh, his little hotel, basically boarding house. And she was just like, What's your book about? And he was like, I don't want to talk about it. And she was like, But can you though? Like, she just would not leave him alone. She wouldn't take no for an answer. I just love how she. That's the first giveaway that he's not actually there to write a book because right? no writer, if you're like, what are you working on, would go, I don't really want to talk about Literally. it. Literally. Mm-hmm. She asks him like something and he gets such a sassy response. She's he's like, an asshole. Yeah. He's I like, don't like him. She's like, what do you, no. what do you, do you read a lot? And he's like, do you? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. He's creepy <laughs> he's, and a jerk and wears a, a lot of denim. Pretty has, bad protagonist. Yeah. He has bad gun safety like actions. Because at one point he like turns around and he points the gun at a literal child, but then he doesn't like push the, you're supposed to point the gun at the ground. When you're not pointing it at something that you intend to shoot, you're supposed to be pointing it at the ground. And he's just like, hold on, what if I did this? Because he always intends to shoot. When he he first gets the revolver, he's outside and he goes to his Jeep and just like chucks it into the car. Uh Uh I have to go. And I just, I just wanted it to go off. It didn't have to hit him, but just to go out the other door. Uh It's like, uh bang. And it's like, I just... I wanted to like fly through the Jeep. And I wanted him to learn a lesson. <laughs> Just, he, I wanted somebody to change or grow or <laughs> no, 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 tell no. me the theme or anything. <laughs> I like that there are so many shitty people in this movie that are just kind of annoying, kind of shitty people, right? And the only person that they're encouraging change from is that poor kid who likes magic. He's just like, I love magic. And they're like, when are you going to grow up? <laughs> 
I'm like, he's, dude. And he's good at it. He's good at he the likes handcuff it. escape. Like, yeah, he's that was good great. At, all he wants to do is do magic, study his lines, nerd, and nerd. then <laughs> and watch horror movies. Like, and I they're don't, all like, grow up kid. <laughs> there's so many. because So at least with, like, I, I think the reason it kind of sticks around and is a little bit better is because in it, it's explained why every dude in the town is abusive to their spouse or children right and in this one there's no explanation and they literally blur together there's like three white men who look the same and are all abusive to their wives or cheating on their wives and it's just (sighs) never explained they're just all there (laughs) i get i wanted i wanted this to follow Mm -hmm. the one normal guy at like the diner who just like hey guys how's it going (laughs) oh geez vampires oh man but no i think I think the writer thinks he's more tortured than he actually is. Mm. There's nothing tortured about this man. What? No, he's like, oh, I saw a ghost one time. And it was really like, hard, oh, actually. Wow. It's like, oh, such Apparently... darkness in you. <laughs> Apparently the novel actually does spend a lot more time on his like actual trauma, which is that his wife died in a car accident two years before. And he is actually... Wife. Didn't know any wife. <laughs> they don't... They mention it like twice. That's it. That's fucking and it, it. And he's supposed the, to be like haunted, but the part where you find it out, she's like, he's flirting with her, right? Susan. And she's Classic. like, well, it says in your bio that you're married, no children. Is that still true? And he's like, oh, don't even worry. My wife's dead. Don't fret. <laughs> he's like, how he says it, girl, but... don't even worry. Red flag. <laughs> I'm Red flag. DTF. <laughs> ring I, a ding uh... ding. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to talk about Nerd Quarter because I have a feeling it's still going to make me mad. And I can't wait. I can't wait. It goes a lot of places. Good. Okay. So, you know, we're going to eventually touch on? I just saw it in your notes and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) We are going to briefly cover (laughs) anti-vaxxers. What? But not our favorite Facebook relatives. No. We're going to take it back to the anti-vaccination movement in the 1800s in England. Oh. We're also going to make a pit stop in New England. Oh, good. But first, we do have to take it back further oh and look at the origins of vampires in mythology and folklore, the fears that lay beneath the stories, the history of vampire panics, because there was a great New England vampire. There was. Panic. I actually know this one. <sighs> it's then, pretty funny. Well, I mean, it's not funny, uh, but like, <laughs> when you think back on it, yeah. we can all have a laugh these days. Yeah. It was like two, uh, I'm not going to do math now. It was a lot <laughs> I of introduced people. that and then I was like, abort, abort. <laughs> Uh, then we'll cover the use of vampires in literature yes. and film. So the word vampire first appeared in English text in the 1730s in newspapers, but that was not the start of vampire mythology by any huh. means. And most major world mythologies have some sort of vampire precursor or like vampire adjacent deity or being, but uh, it's not like exactly the vampire. So the general vampire folklore is generally traced back to Eastern Europe. And the exact traits have varied over the centuries, but through the 1800s, there was a constant. Vampire mythology blossomed during plague times and other disease days. That sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) The exact disease varies based on location and time, but over the centuries, vampire mythology flourished in communities impacted by porphyria, tuberculosis, plague, and rabies, among other diseases. (laughs) Rabies. I don't know why rabies got me. I just picture a bunch of raccoons being like, ah. Uh I didn't yeah. want to get into rabies because one, it scares me shitless, and two, it also dovetails a lot with like werewolves. And uh, sounds like, about right there's too. like the rabies fear can just go several ways. It can go there are like three ways it can go. It can go like the reasonable, it's a scary thing. It can go the vampire <laughs> way, and it can go the werewolf way. Rabies is endless. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. 
So I will oh, talk about two of these diseases. Yes. Uh, but keep in mind that the time period I'm talking about, germ theory hadn't taken hold yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was in like the late 1870s, I think, when germ theory was actually like implemented into practices in hospitals. Yeah. So there have been like theories around germs and like this uh, evolving understanding of how diseases... I love epidemiology. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I just love, really there's been a lot of theories about germs that someone's like coughing and a doctor's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I've, I've got, got some thoughts ideas about, this. about that. <laughs> Y'all, if we had the time, I would love to talk about cholera, water, and then what's the I other I do one? like water. Uh, Aquafina. The nurses can't hand go washing. <laughs> I just... <sighs> Listen, it's already a long movie, Kate. I know. We cannot. I was like, this is the longest nerd corner I've written. Oh, so Jesus. I was like, we don't have time to talk about cholera. <laughs> I mean, it fits. It fits with the theme of this movie. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. So germ theory wasn't really known at this time. Uh, and again, vampires were not at this time sexy, shiny boys. They Gosh. had bloody mouths, bloated stomachs, and bad breath. Gross. The worst bees. So we'll start with porphyria. It's actually more accurate to say porphyrias, as there are many forms. And they actually fall into like two categories, acute and cutaneous. And I could get further into it, but the general thing that we need to know is that the symptoms of like the rarest but most um, dramatic form is dark urine and sunlight sensitivity causing blistering and skin fragility. And then later, brownish fluorescent teeth, increased Ugh. hair growth, pronounced scarring may occur. In some cases, loss of fingers and toes and cartilage from ears or nose may be noted. This sucks. So <laughs> it's a really, it's a really rare disorder. Like, because there are like seven different types of porphyrias, it mm. ranges. But the most common is like one in 10,000. And then the second most rare is one in one million. Ooh. And that, then I started singing this congeniality in my oh, head. Oh, God. <laughs> one in a million. Yeah. <laughs> God, I want to watch Miss Congeniality. <laughs> I was like, back on track. Uh, so... The major takeaway here is that blistering, swelling, and redness would arise after exposure to the sun. Ah. So you're chilling in the Middle Ages, and your neighbor's new child blisters if it's exposed to the sun. Demon. How do you explain that? What about the urine that looks like they're passing undigested Why blood? are they looking at their urine? Why? Well, Why? Yes. Like, neighbors are very close. I don't know. Ew. Well, I mean, I guess they just, what, pissed in a bucket. You put your bucket. Ah, uh, they did dump their piss out a window. So they were probably like, did you see their window piss? We've evolved like, to have the piss drawer now. We've all got the piss drawer. <laughs> like, <laughs> guess. It was so boring living at that time. That they were... <laughs> Just, I don't know. Because if like, someone mm-hmm. dumped piss out their window these days, I'd still take a gander. Like, yeah. I'd be interested That's a good in point, why. actually. Right? Like, it, it was so mundane back then that you'd be like, right. oh, whatever. Nowadays, I'm like, what are they doing? Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry about the piss talk. <laughs> oh, no, I also. You know me. I Let that silence ring out. Let that just sit for a minute. <laughs> Oh, man. Hi. Uh, according to a history article, some symptoms of porphyria can be alleviated for a time by consuming blood. So if you see these things, do you trust your neighbor? Do you no. possibly start to attribute negative events to the entrance of this strange child in your town? And, like, I'd love to eventually cover porphyria, like, in depth and talk about, like, the poem and all that shit, but we have to get to tuberculosis. Oh, good. So it's time for the wasting disease. Woohoo! Also called consumption. Hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> so, uh, 
quote, the classic symptoms are a chronic, sometimes bloody cough, along with fever and weight loss. To helpless loved ones, it appeared as though the victim was withering away, a.k.a. being consumed. Makes sense. Yes. And a Smithsonian article summarizes it as this, quote, it was a terrible end, often drawn out over years, a skyrocketing fever, a hacking bloody cough, and a visible wasting away of the body. The emaciated figure strikes one with terror. The forehead covered with drops of sweat, the cheeks painted with a livid crimson, the eyes sunk, the breath offensive, quick and laborious, and the cough so incessant as to scarce allow the wretched sufferer time to tell his complaints. Ugh. Indeed, Bell says symptoms progressed in such a way that it seemed like something was draining the life and blood out of somebody. <gasps> this takes us to the New England vampire panic. I knew it. I was like, this this part I know. <laughs> I have listened to many a podcast and read many of things about this because I know it's sad, mm. but reading it now kind of funny yeah. they were just like oh boy that's a vampire eat its heart like new england is so crazy in that way because it's it's oh, so many different groups of people living so close together yeah the first time and so you, this like crumbling together this mismatching of different people's um histories and mythologies is yeah. so fascinating it's to have wild. all these all these horrible like horrible uh, right. events come up but still like it's it's such an interesting like um uh i don't know what you call it preface to like what america would eventually come with like mm. thousands it's... of different cultures all living under the same roof wild very interesting it it's just weird and scary because like they had witches too well yeah. they thought yeah. they had witches eh. thought they had a lot of things and this is after the witch trials. oh jesus yeah. so yeah. they were like the witches are gone we're don't good worry. and then they were like oh, oh, shit <laughs> did you leave the window open <laughs> should i run about this <laughs> like oh you all right yeah. i'm ready tell me about consumption back to the persecution <laughs> Back to the century-long panic. Yes. Uh, so tuberculosis landed in New England in 1730, but really hit its stride in the late 1700s and early got its 1800s. Groove back. Yeah. <laughs> TB got her groove back. Got a new, uh, got a new outfit. Got a new car. I'm feeling it's good. looking fine. She's back on the town. Uh, so and actually, just like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> In the early 1800s, it was actually the leading cause of death in New England. So 25% mm. of all deaths were attributed to TB. Oh, my God. And again, at this time, we hadn't embraced that sweet, sweet germ theory of disease. <laughs> Not so, yet. <laughs> uh, the tuberculous bacterium wasn't actually identified until 1882, and medications to treat it weren't released until the mid-1900s. But even if the knowledge of medications were available, that did not spread to rural areas the way it did in populous areas. And so we're going to take a quick little look at rural Rhode Island. And we'll be spending some time today with the Brown family. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything good happens to this family. I don't think so. so. (laughs) You said we're spending time, and I'm like, not a good time. (laughs) We're just popping by to say hi, you know. Yeah, it's going to be grim. I almost said dim. That's not true. It's grim. Uh, So lights. December. (laughs) Mood lighting. (laughs) So it was December of 1882 when the matriarch of the Brown family, Mary Eliza, died of TB. This was the same year that the bacterium was identified, but again, rural Rhode Island. No germs. <laughs> they don't, we know. don't know what that shit is. <laughs> and then the next year, one of the daughters, Mary Olive, 
also died after a period of prolonged illness. The whole town of less than like a thousand people attended her funeral. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, A few years later, one of the sons, Edwin, became ill and moved to Colorado. And that time was actually really common for folks with TB to move to Colorado because they thought the climate was better for your lungs. Oh, the high altitude possibly? Like, maybe is that a thing in Colorado? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely a thing. I was like, I've never been there. No, the altitudes don't fuck around with that shit. Uh, but my great grandmother died of TB and she actually did go to Colorado. Yeah. They sent her out West because it was thought to be better for their lungs and they thought it would give them a chance of recovery. I could see that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a sitcom waiting to happen. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to Colorado. Colorado (laughs) clinic or something. That's something waiting to happen. Colorado clinic, but it's still in the 1800s. Maybe not a sitcom, but that's a small town dramedy waiting to happen. I think. All I'm thinking of is like the legalized weed and then the TB patients who can't yes. enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, wish that was me. Well, also, that would help TB, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Who's to say? Uh, so within just a span of a few years for the Brown family, uh, mother and daughter have died. And Edwin, a big husky young man, he was ill enough to move across the country. They called him a husky young man. I, I was going to say, I I'm like, know. I didn't you see us. <laughs> okay, like, he, ca- he called himself that. Let's be, yeah. he called himself that, first <laughs> he was like, of all. I, he's owning it. Mm-hmm. I'm a big husky man. I'm a Hello. husky man. <laughs> I'm moving. <laughs> Being really brave. And so this is, sorry, I'm just thinking like, TB got a group back. What about me, mom? I want like, mine. Uh, so this is actually what's important to note that there are two forms of TB or like, the way that they classified it at the time, they understood it in two different ways. So there was either the wasting varietal, where you spend a long period of time suffering and just getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and then eventually you die. There's also the galloping kind. I know this one! Sorry. Yeah. I only know, like, a few things in my life, so when I do, I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> so if you have galloping, uh, the galloping version, basically, you remain asymptomatic for years, suddenly display symptoms, and then degenerate rapidly. Yeah. Hence the gallop. One of the Brown sisters, Lena, had the galloping kind. Uh, Lena's name is also Mercy, but people go back and forth on what they refer to her as. I think her name was legally Mercy, but they call her Lena. Not so sure, but both names. Yeah. Uh, so nearly a decade after the death of her mother and her sister, Lena died from TB. Aye. And remember our sweet boy, our husky boy, Edwin. Our husky boy, Edwin. Husky yes. boy, Edwin. My strong, great boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, right before... Uh, Lena was on her deathbed. He had been enjoying a brief remission. He <gasps> was feeling all right. Yay, Colorado did it! And then he took a turn for the worst. No, husky boy. <laughs> <laughs> Around the same time that Lena died, and he returned to Exeter, and he was not in good shape. So all of this, over a decade, sketched out the neighbors. One family and that many deaths? Weird. So some of those neighbors took their concerns to the father, George Brown, and they suggested it was a malevolent force inflicting illness upon his family. In what force? No. Well, it had to be one of the three dead female family members. Done. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Probably the first always one. a woman. Oh, yeah. Always. It's Even never the husky dead, boys. No. <laughs> they never get blamed for anything. No. Stupid. Uh, they actually postulated that one of them wasn't dead. They were playing possum, I guess. And they were actually feasting on Edwin's lifeblood and draining him. So, logically, the neighbors wanted to exhume the bodies. Oh, of They said, since... An undead creature of maybe the night is definitely draining Edwin's blood. We'll find blood <laughs> in their body, in their heart, if they are the ones that are doing this. So they wanted to include the bodies. Dad said yes. He did not attend. Wonder why. 
So <laughs> he's like, you do. That's gross. <laughs> He's like, I have to golf today. Sorry. Oh, God. Uh, so Mary Olive and Mary Eliza had been in the ground for nearly a decade. So they were almost entirely bones at that point. Gross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lena, however, had died only a few months prior and had been buried in the winter in New England. It's like, did they think it all? <laughs> she was quite well preserved. She is jerky ready to go. Oh, uh-huh. God. So as anyone that understands New England weather knows... It is colder there. Cold. (laughs) And she was very well preserved and the decomposition was negligible. So they pull her out. Well, they pulled her heart and her liver out. They cut them open and they observed blood. Clotted and decomposed, but blood. Also, her lungs show that they had been ravaged by TB. But the blood is really what they focused on. The coroner is like, guys, I found TB. And they're like, blood. (laughs) They're like, we don't give a fuck. So then, clearly, they burned her heart and her liver and clearly. fed the ashes. In some... <laughs> he ate, forgot he ate the ashes. Yeah. This husky boy's going through it. <laughs> so in God. some versions, like if you listen to the lore episode, they made a tonic. Yeah. They mix the ashes in with a liquid and they like have him drink that. Um, in some of them, he just like shovels ash. Uh, regardless, <laughs> that <laughs> husky boy shovels ash. <laughs> Does he future. shovel ash? <laughs> it just sounds like something you'd say about someone who like fucks. <laughs> like, oh, that guy fucks. That guy shovels ash. I know three things about him. He's a brave boy. He's husky. <laughs> he shovels, shovels ash. ash. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that someday someone thinks these things about me. <laughs> Just so I want history to remember. That's I just, like I get, I get why religiously it's a big deal to have that happen. Mm-hmm. But for someone like me who doesn't care if I happen to be buried and I learned mm-hmm. that like a year later they dug me up and had to burn my heart, that's just hardcore. I mean, yeah, hardcore. Like, sorry, that's hardcore. a fun afterlife story. <laughs> I gave it to you. You're welcome. <laughs> it absolutely. I hope. I hope someday somebody eats my heart. If they don't. Well, I don't know. They're just not respecting my wishes. And what was wishes. the point of all this? If what they the don't point eat of all my this? heart. I had to go through my whole life to not have my heart eaten. Bullshit. Okay. Go on. Move on. I want to hear about them eating the heart. All right. So regardless of whether it was just the dry ash or if it was diluted <laughs> in a tonic. Ovals ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did consume the ashes of his dead sister's heart and liver. Within two months, he was dead. <laughs> I was just expecting you to be like, and he miraculously got better. <laughs> no. I know? mean, he ate did a heart full of TV, did he, so. Did he season it? <laughs> no, he's white. It's of New England. He didn't. I got, fair enough. <laughs> Moving on. He made a chowder. <laughs> he made a chowder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he like sprinkled it on a lobster and ate it oh, raw. <laughs> Listen, if you got to eat the ashes of your dead sister. Make sure it's in a delicious chowder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A shovel chowder. <laughs> I hate this. We gotta move on. I can't. <laughs> to be fair to point. this town and like our sensibilities, we are shocked at this. We're like, you don't just eat <laughs> ash like that. So either- <laughs> I bet on some level they were even a little like, yes. okay, yes. we gotta do it. I don't uh, wanna, so- but... <laughs> Even, like, at the time, people across the nation in other towns and cities were shocked at the level of superstition. But it wasn't just Exeter that did this. 
Uh, vampire exhumations happened across New England. I was going to say, I was like, no, this is not the only time. No, this is like the last recorded one. Yeah. But this is part of a decade of it. So, oh, God. Vermont, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, like they keep finding more What's and more. What's going on up there? So, the actions after disinterring. So is boring. What are you going to do? I mean. First, they're looking at window piss. Now they're eating hearts. <laughs> like, this is what happens when there's nothing to do. <laughs> I can't. Oh, it's so bad for you. <laughs> so bad for you. So we know that they did the whole like burning of the heart and stuff, yeah. but in other locales, they would like flip the corpse on their stomach and call it a day. It's kind of <laughs> that's like good. flipping a turtle on its back, but for the undead. That's kind of better though. Yeah. Like that's so, I wish I lived in that town. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, at least I don't live in the heart eating town. We just flip them. Well, because if they're digging out, if they're digging out of their grave, but if you flip them upside down, they're just going to keep going down. I mean, that's just science. (laughs) Tunnel to hell, babe. (laughs) Keep going. Uh, In other towns, they would burn the heart and inhale the smoke or behead the corpse or wrap the feet with thorns. It varied. Okay. Uh, There are a lot of ways to disinter a vampire. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Regardless, the same fear was underneath. Something is making us sick and it has to be vampires. And there are records of vampire exhumations in New England stretching from 1793 to Lena Brown's in 1892. Okay. That's 100 fucking years. Yeah. So that was a brief version of the New England vampire panic. We're going to journey back over to England and look at an overlapping period of time. Oh, no. Yeah. So (laughs) we can also take a look at when Dracula was written and published. And for context... In 1852, the first compulsory vaccination laws were put into effect in England. Oh. At the time, the humors theory of affliction was still in vogue. There were four humors, blood, yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm. And if they were out of balance, this led to illness. I was seriously in the dentist's office today typing my notes on my phone, and I was like, there are four humors, right? And I was like, I guess I'll find out later. (laughs) There are four humors. Oh, God, the Uh, bile. And so vaccinations were not trusted by some because they were afraid it would disrupt the balance of those humors. So (laughs) this led to an anti-vaccination movement in England that was especially vocal between 1853 and 1907. For example, one 1881 pamphlet titled The Vaccination Vampire said that vaccinations would, quote, lead to degradation and extinction. And then they used, like, vampire fangs to represent surgical needles. Oh, God. Yeah. So they tied vampires to vaccinations to make this claim of bodily violation. And, like, not only, like, desecration, but also, like, destruction. Like, yeah. this will Somewhere the in the world, Tucker Carlson's taking notes right now. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel oh, like if you claim that vaccinations made you vampires now, people would be like, fuck people yeah. People would do <laughs> it 100%. No, they, do. they do. That was a thing. That's one of my articles. Oh. What? Uh, yeah. So have you oh heard that the COVID vaccine turns into a vampiric monster? And the proof is right there in 2007 Will Smith's movie, I Am Will Smith's movie, I Am Legend. Of course it's <laughs> I Am Legend. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, the conspiracy theory appeared on... This is a direct quote from New York Times. Don't sue me. Uh, The conspiracy theory appeared online last year and spread so widely that Reuters actually ran a fact check debunking it and clarifying the plot. And one of the screenwriters also felt compelled to tweet that it was fictional. Who needs that clarified? The same people who are eating hearts. Or eating uh, horse dewormer. Anybody who thinks that there was an apocalypse, Will Smith would be the last one to survive in like, New York City is insane. Mm-mm. My God. Mm-mm. I... Okay. Uh, I'm glad that we accidentally stumbled on that. Rad. Yeah. I'm glad we've made it here. 
I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so we had these folks that are comparing like vaccinations to like the bodily violation of vampires, like destroying your body, stealing your blood, that sort of stuff. It is within this political context that Bram Stoker wrote Dracula. It was published in 1897, which is like right in that sweet spot of <sighs> anti-vaxxers. Uh, the OG anti-vaxxers, you know? I love that. Uh, so Dracula wasn't like super sexy, but he didn't look like a walking corpse with a Kool-Aid mustache. And yeah. along with, this is a quote, along with giving Dracula the ability to shapeshift into a bat, he expanded the range of anxieties associated with a vampire, turning it from a symbol of sickness into one of repressed desire. Oh. And I am listening to the audiobook of Dracula right now, and I will tell you, a lot of repressed desire. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Oh so, my god. This is when they let him fuck. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so this is where we jump from literary to filmic representations of vampires. Yeah. So let's talk Nosferatu. My boy. Yes. So <laughs> I love him. <laughs> uh, instead of the vaguely animalistic but still regal count that we have in Bram Stoker's Dracula, in the movie Nosferatu, we have this vampire with, quote, rodent-like teeth, elongated fingers, and a skeletal silhouette. My rat boy. <laughs> So he kind of looks like a rat, was my next <laughs> And he's also surrounded by rats when he exits his coffin. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nosferatu was released in 1922. 19, sorry, I can't say numbers. 1922, and that was just a year after the end of the Spanish flu pandemic. Oh, no. Yeah, and also that's a misnomer. So the naming of the flu depended on where you were, and it was very like yeah. politically motivated. And so it's like if you lived in... America, you called it the Spanish influenza. If you lived in England, it was probably the French influenza. <laughs> but uh, checks out. Yeah, yeah. And it was also based on like who was involved in a world war at the time, and no one that was like involved in a war wanted to admit any sort of um, frailty or like a vulnerability, and so they didn't want to like say that they had the Spanish flu in their country, but Spain mm. wasn't involved in the war. They're like, we can be honest, we're sick. And so, yeah. Please, God, help us. Yeah. Well, uh, it looks like a rat. Okay. So we're getting back to our roots with vampires connected to disease and outbreaks. Then in 1931, we see Bela Lugosi's Dracula that set a new precedent for vampires. They're hot and that's scary. (laughs) I am often a little scared of hot people. This is true. (laughs) Since then, we, of course, have vampire flicks that buck the trend like 30 Days of Night. Mm. But we also have, like, this whole slew of sexy vampire shows where they're Mm. villains Mm. of the redemption arc or anti-heroes or just, like, legit heroes battling their own nature to do good in the world. (laughs) So if I were to give a TLDR vampire folklore for the years, I would say it goes back centuries. They're historically and traditionally connected with not just death but disease. And that connection hasn't been severed. It's just cyclical. So we'll refocus on the novel and the TV miniseries we have gathered here today to discuss. Whatever. Y'all stuck with this just beautifully. Thank you for... (laughs) Uh, So Stephen King has described writing Salem's Lot as, quote, a game of literary racquetball. By this he meant, quote, what he was creating was the ball and the classic tome was the wall. He'd take his own ideas, hit it against Stoker's classic and see where it would bounce and hit it again. So one of the bounces was how it could happen in the 20th century. And he thought about the isolated nature of certain small towns and how a vampire pestilence could overwhelm and essentially erase a town without the outside world knowing or noticing. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. And Stephen King's Barlow is the Dracula type vampire, but in the movie, they went the Nosferatu route. In the book, Barlow is human looking, smooth talking, debonair. In the movie, they give all of his lines to Straker and used a more rodent like appearance for him. 
And to be clear, the writers did not say they changed it because of the state of worldwide public health or anything. In interviews, they said they just didn't want a suave vampire because it felt overdone in cinema at that point. (laughs) But I think it's fascinating that they swerved Dracula, which was one of the major literary inspirations for the novel, and went back to Nosferatu. Yeah. So instead of the seductive force of a handsome vampire, we have the thrall of an inhuman and monstrous other. And the symptoms that the residents of Salem's Lot exhibit show a wasting reminiscent of tuberculosis in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Salem's Lot, both in novel form and TV adaptation, were not outwardly intended to be a commentary on disease. But the historical context of vampires and the current sociopolitical climate impacts how we receive this movie. And so it's like, so many people are probably learning for the first time about like the New England vampire panic. That's not, to me, the most important part of this. But this movie came out two years before the first AIDS case was reported in the US. Oh no. We're watching it as we enter our second year of a global pandemic. Oh, God. How does engagement with this film change over time based on our proximity to fearful unknown illness? That's my question. Oh, God. And that's Nerd Corner. <laughs> oh, that was a wild ride. Yeah, I, went, I told you it went a lot of places. Hope it connected back. <laughs> it did. The, I want to say that this, watching it during a pandemic like changed anything mm. for me, but because it was so bad, mm. maybe if I liked it... <laughs> I'd like to watch another movie that has ties to any kind of, like, <laughs> illness that I liked and then come back to that. For sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I, like, yeah, I think they, I think a lot of, um, most vampires, like Dracula, not Dracula notwithstanding, but most vampire movies, and, and zombies to a lesser extent, mm-hmm. I think fall into pretty two pretty clear categories. Either they are a commentary on um, religion or... Um, uh, kind of oligarchical power structures, mm-hmm. and the vampire represents that that wealth, that class, privilege, mm-hmm. um, that was very much Bela Lugosi. Or it's something like this. I think 30 Days of Night falls into this pretty nicely, too, mm-hmm. um, where it is that much more like medically angled thing. It's kind of more of a... Um, more compared to a pathogen or some sort of um, disease. And so it's interesting... I think you can look at this one kind of either way, but I think the fact they changed him from a smooth-talking Southern man um, into this thing completely changes the movie. It's a uh-huh. completely different movie it's, if he's that yeah. other thing. Yeah, I I didn't know that he was smooth-talking in the book. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'd like it better if he was in the movie, but I don't know. That's... Because yeah. it changes, like you said, changes the vibe. Because, uh-huh. like, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's something to be said about a vampire who just looks like of person and is just scary because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The rat boy, maybe I just love my rat boy too much. So when he showed up, I was just like, I love this guy. The the <laughs> look of the rat boy is undeniably way more interesting. Um, yeah. Just because it's like, whoa, okay, why? Yeah. Why do you look like that? Um, but I think even like even now, I mean, I think it's understandable. A lot of people don't want to watch a ton of things that um, <clears throat> remind them of uh, horrible deadly illnesses sweeping the planet yeah. <laughs> um whereas that fear of like wealth and power being able to just kind of erase people whenever yeah. they wanted and feed off of um the poor or um just just the not as privileged is a, a much more universal fear it's something i think a lot more people can understand even now even living in a covid world um, yeah um, similarly, like we talked about earlier with Midnight Mass, mm-hmm. is it's similar because it's not necessarily someone who is 
like suave and blah, blah, blah. It's just like a blind following. Mm. And I think that's also terrifying. And I think that happens a lot in films like this where it's like they promise something and they, again, you know, profit off of people wanting that and being either poor or whatever and being like, I can give you this. Because they talk about it a little bit in this where they're like, we can be together forever as Mm. long as we, you know. And it's like, yeah, but you're not telling the whole story. (laughs) And I don't know. I feel like it would have been a little bit uh, scarier if that had come from the vampire itself because they gave all his lines to this guy who's like a vampire, but then the master is the rat guy. And if they had just been the same person. There's no downsides to being a vampire in this movie. Yeah, not really. They're kind of just spooky. To being the master maybe a little bit. Shoved into your forehead. (laughs) That's a downside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess. (laughs) But when we when we see um, what's his face at the, what's her face at the end of the movie mm-hmm. in Guatemala, she looks mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, yeah, she's like chilling. She is. She's That's, dead and loving it. Like she wasn't gaunt like everyone else. I was like, how did you do this differently? Can I talk about my favorite line now that we're in horror? Yes. Because it's from her, <laughs> and it's when she's like laying calmly on a bed, and he walks into the room, and she goes, "I found you," and I'm like, "No, you didn't do shit." Like. <laughs> I could not stop laughing when she was like, I finally did it. I finally tracked you down. And I'm like, you are laying in this bed. And this man walked into the room and she went, nailed it. Like, I'm sure that there was more. I'm sure that she actually did. But picturing her laying calmly in a bed, waking up and going, sick. There you are, man. <laughs> Killed the, me. The problem with the, I don't know what you call it, the pro, the like two minute prologue and like mm. epilogue that are yeah, all in yeah, Guatemala yeah. is that's so much more interesting than the rest of the movie. The idea of these two dudes who are the last survivors Just of their town out, running across the country into like running across multiple countries to escape <sighs> their old town. All these main fishermen chasing them across Mexico is hilarious. That's great. That I would watch. But yeah. then they were like, let's give him a taste and then let's go hang out in Maine for the rest of this three hour movie, basically. And I was like, what if we didn't? <laughs> I'll get my notes now so I can actually talk about <laughs> horror. I don't have a ton because, again, it was three hours and I was like, OK, we're doing this. <laughs> but I wrote some stuff down. I wrote some stuff. Um, wow, I wrote more than I thought. I, my first note is I can't believe this movie is three hours. Um <laughs> I liked his yellow Jeep. It had nothing to do with it necessarily. I just enjoyed his yellow Jeep. I kind of thought of it at first as I was like, oh, he's kind of like the sun, you know, like he's here to like, he shows up in his bright yellow Jeep and he's like, I'm going to get rid of these vampires, whether he realizes that or not from the beginning. He's got this sunny yellow Jeep. And I was like, here he comes. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then I just, I wrote gross the police. Um, (laughs) Uh, Oh, wow. I, I did voice to text, and this is the mm-hmm. first time it's really not working for me. Because yeah. my next was, have I read any? I don't know. This guy's an asshole. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, it's when Susan is under oh, the tree. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have I read anything? No, it was it was the, the, the woman at the poor boarding house. Oh, shit, shit. Yeah, when yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. have I read anything that you've, you know? And he goes, I don't know. Have you? Mm. And she's like, I mean, like, something specific that you wrote. And he's like, probably not. And I'm like, dude, fuck off. <laughs> I hated him. But then she got super nosy. And I was like, okay, now she is kind of annoying. Because right after <laughs> she asks these questions, she goes, why are you here? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, let this man live. <laughs> um, 
I also did not like this protagonist. We already talked about this a little bit. He's a dick. He's a dick, but also he just kind of has the audacity to do whatever he wants from the very beginning. This woman is just drawing under a tree, chilling, and he's like, I want to go up to her. I absolutely have that right. She looks not busy. And I was like, please don't disturb this woman while she's drawing, because she clearly doesn't want to be bothered. She's hanging out, and then he just walks up and goes, nice book, and then like holds it up to his own face. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess my notes are somewhat specific, but for the most part, what I took from this is that it's a little cheesy, which can work sometimes because it is a little cheesy. I mean, it's, you know, when we watch the TV movie, it, it's got some moments where you're like, okay, like it's kind of cheesy, but this one was over the top. It felt like camp. This felt like a joke when they freeze frame. They just, they don't actually frig, like freeze the frame. They just... The people stop moving. Yes, yes. I was furious. And then he goes to bite him and he's like, ha. And I'm like, don't, don't do that yourself. Just, just freeze the frame. Yeah, that I wrote notes. I was like, he's moving. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a choice. And whenever there was slow-mo, they were like, you do it. So the people are like, whoa. (laughs) This feels, this feels like it was shot in one weekend a little bit. It was shot really quickly. A little, a little bit. They did like forty to fifty setups. It was a day pretty, or something. yeah. It like was they pretty quick, yeah. which is funny. <laughs> and it's funny, and like it, when you know that, I, I guess it's still somewhat impressive. But at the same time, it's also just I don't know. I, I had I had trouble getting past how like I don't know aware of itself, not aware of itself. What's the word of like? It is pretentious. It felt yeah. kind of pretentious, almost like it knew it was scary. So it yeah. was like, yeah, we're gonna lean into it. And I think some of the scare, like some of the scares, worked. Oh, but cat yeah, tail. my cat, my cat has decided to join us. Um, <laughs> I, think I think for me the biggest issue is that it, it felt like it really was proud of what it had to say, and I yeah. don't know even what it was trying to say, let alone if it was a good thing to say that, or not. That's such a good way to describe it. That's yeah. exactly what I'm trying to say. Is it felt immediately from the very beginning that it was like you're gonna like this, like we know what we're doing. This is scary. But then it didn't say anything. Yeah. Nothing we're gonna spend happened. 30, we're going to spend 30 minutes getting a box into town. It took so long. I, I have two comments on this. <laughs> One of them is related to the sheer number of times we have the exact same shot of Straker in his car. So and many times. And he's just like, it's just what was his face. And it's supposed to be like sinister and building up to something. And it's just like... You really think you're just like cinematic masters in this moment. And it felt very, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but uh, there's a moment where they spend so long on Straker backing a car up. Yeah. And in my notes, it took me a while to figure out what I meant by this. Figured it out eventually. <laughs> we got to know that a Renfield can back it up. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, why are At you... The- at the very end, be, at the very end, before they go in, um, when they go into the actual house, there is a lot of setup to that, mainly because mm-hmm. we need yes. to establish that uh, what's her face is there and the kid is there, yeah. and they got to get holy water. And and boy, howdy, do they spend ten minutes doing all of this with? And it'd be fine if it was like he should have just gone to the church. The dude was there. He's like, great. What's her face is out of town. Let's get this holy water and go. And he'd be like, she's not there. And so they have to separate it into. Two scenes, two scenes and have him drive up Why? get out of the car walk all the way up to the front open the door at any point we could have cut here it, i got it i know that's the thing 
is people are praising this movie for being like, they really trimmed the fat. And I'm like, what they trimmed was all of the backstory, yep. all of the character development, and then they kept every tiny stage direction that you didn't need. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was just like, what? that's why it was so hard for me to watch it. And again, we've talked about this a million times every episode. I was genuinely watching this going, I don't know if this is me and my ADHD struggling with this movie or if it's genuinely too much. So I was excited because I was like, well, let's see what these two thought and see if maybe I just struggled. No, I have to I have to watch a lot of movies in a week because um, I have to I have to watch a Hallmark and a Dracula and then whatever yeah. I want to watch. So a lot of these sort of things that I do for, for podcasts, I watch them at like 1.2, 1.3 times speed. Right. And even then, this was slow. Yeah. Even at that speed, this this reminds me a ton of. Uh, I, there are very few movies I think that really earn longer cuts. Yeah, uh, it's like Lord of the Rings and Kingdom of Heaven are it. Um, yeah, and this reminds me so much of a like a Snyder's Justice League thing where it's like oh, no. just because you can take this much time, you don't have to. No, you know. Bella, original Bella Lugosi Dracula is like an hour and 15 minutes. They knew how to do it. Uh, shorter yeah. movies, just because it's short, I feel like it's not bad. But I also, I agree that just because movies are long, they're not bad. I just think that you just have to put the right stuff in it. There's got to yeah. be a reason. We talk about this all the time. Just make choices that are justified. Yep. And they just weren't. Can anyone explain this to me? Because this part <laughs> made me furious. <laughs> when um they, the, 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 the the infidelity storyline. Yeah. And when did this come up? What what was the purpose of this? I actually have the same rage and I can tell you why I think they included it. Okay. Cause I thought it was pointless and stupid and I didn't understand why it was there. And I'm sure in the book, maybe it plays a bigger role, but yeah. right now I was like, what happened? So potentially in the book, I have not read the book, but based mm-hmm. on some of the things I read about people that have read the book. Okay, good. <laughs> from people that have read the book. Uh, they said that, like, you get the idea that perhaps Barlow is influencing people in town to be their worst possible oh, selves. Oh, and, like, see if that had come across. That would have been neat. Yeah. Okay. And there's also, in the movie, to oh. me, the only reason it comes into play at all is to introduce the first dead body that way. Or, like, to... Okay. What is it? Because he runs outside after getting, like, after the fake execution basically he runs outside and not as much as like you thought and uh then that's how (laughs) you get like everything kind of kick-started so it's just a catalyst basically yeah and i don't think he was he's not actually i don't remember the order in which people die i thought it was the kid first yeah it's the kid first but it does kind of like kickstart like this rolling right yeah that's the thing i oh no please Oh, no, it just felt drawn out. Like, yeah. it just felt like they were like, okay, so we need to kickstart this. Let's make a whole side plot and then never really talk about it again. No. I also it, don't like the gender you know. politics. No, it was, it, was, it was bullshit. It was awful. Because, again, <sighs> it doesn't say anything. It's it there. Anything. It's not even there for a reason. It's just no. there. This. <gasps> it's not that I want this to just be it with vampires because <laughs> it is too long too the book right and, and has a lot of uh <laughs> problematic elements but oh yeah <laughs> but the beginning the beginning Jeez. of that movie both movies the the mm-hmm. original and the the most recent remake right are so excellent at setting yeah. up the town because and the fact that he has children children are the first victim that's scary enough and for 99 yeah. percent of the population will set the stakes uh, well enough <laughs> um <laughs> And nice. Um, so they that will set the stakes well enough. So we don't need we don't need this first 30, 40 minutes of them getting the box into town. This like 
this whole infidel. We don't need any of it. You could have just started it with the one kid's sick. Yeah. And, and that's wild nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. Because for enough people, that's like, oh my God, like a, it's like, a child's uh-huh. sick. That's horrible. Yeah. And I and think I, that plays in more to the medical thing. That plays into the TB fears a ton more. Yeah. If they think it's a medical thing and exactly. then they realize there's some malicious and then suspicion turns to the douchey writer who comes into town because you would not suspect this guy. He looks and acts like he's doing something wrong 24 seven. All the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they actually do have that moment in the hospital where they list out a bunch of like, does he have asthma? Does he have like rheumatic fever, tuberculosis? And she's like TB. And I was like, Oh, is this a nod to the van? Probably not. And then, but, uh, comes yeah, and that's but, scary because that actress does a remarkable job of yeah. of really making the stakes clear. I don't yeah. need to see a dude go to there's there's a whole three minute scene in this movie where two two Boston lobster <laughs> men. Oh, these like, lobster men! It's like I need you. I need your help. How'd you like to earn uh, fifty dollars? Yeah. And the guy's like fifty dollars. He's like, whoa, for you and somebody else. I need two <laughs> strong backs. And they're like. You going out of town tonight with the miss? Why is this happening? So I don't long. care. I remember, like, literally, <laughs> as soon as he was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going on this thing. And the guy was like, he's definitely going to be out of town. I knew right away. I was like, cool. So he's going to go out of town. They're going to have an affair. And then he's actually going to come back. Blah, blah, blah. Got it. And then I was like, oh, you're still explaining it. Oh, you're still letting us know. Cool. Like, we got it. And How long are you going to be gone? Still... Till till the next night, midnight or so. So you're going to be gone all day and tomorrow too. Uh, just, it it was like I felt so force fed the entire time, <laughs> and yet I still got nothing. Yeah. It was like somebody was constantly putting food in my mouth, but also <laughs> taking it out. They were like, "Taste it now, give it back." <laughs> like I didn't understand. They gave me no. so much bullshit. <laughs> I kept getting distracted. I got distracted by a number of things, but one of the things I got distracted by was the fact, like, they have this box, they're driving it back, and all I could think was, it's my vamp in a box. I just kept seeing it in my head. It's, it was, I loved, I loved when they were sitting up front and the box was just like, ooh, like inching like, closer. And they were like, no, I'm serious. I really think that box is moving. Do you want to open it? Like, do you want to open it? Do you want to <laughs> They, that guy, that guy threatened to open the box a million times. And I'm like, bro, if you're scared, just say that. Because he was like, I'm going to open it. I'll do it. And I'm like, okay, do it. And he's say like, you're scared I'll or do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I do, either do one's fine. Just do one of them. He was yeah. just so, it, he, that was the one part where I, I started to question it. I was like, is this movie funny? Because I was laughing. A little bit. A little bit. I was like, this is kind of funny. The guy was just like, don't make me do it. The corrupting influence thing could have worked if that had been the first night. The night the box comes into town is the first night, you know, they they actually give in to their feeling. You know, there have been flirts, little glances, but this is the first night they really give in. And then this guy comes back and what he'd usually be maybe a bit more understanding or he'd talk it out. He he goes for the shotgun immediately, you know, because he's been so he's been driving this box with this with this vampire inside that for so long cool. you know that's mm-hmm. something like yeah. if he had been in the car with, if he, he himself had been in the car with the box and like you never see what's in it but you know that he himself is getting angry like just yeah <laughs> look we've written this movie <laughs> yeah. oh we did it i've already figured out how to take out the <laughs> bonnie and collie sub god I, ha- I hated it i was like i don't care about these two at all i just i, I there you are you didn't do anything <laughs> lay on a bed <laughs> 
it was... I liked the first appearance of the master in the house, though. That was cool. I kind of like. He's just like clonk. <laughs> and, they're, and they're dead. He's like they're dead. He clonked someone. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop. I the camera does a really cool thing where it shows the shaking and then it like pans around yeah. the room. And for me, at least, I was like, oh, shit, he's, like, outside. I, right? All I could picture was the master outside, like, shaking the like, walls of the house and then moving over here and, like, shaking this part. <laughs> but then just him, like, coming out of this, like, dark puddle thing, that felt very contemporary horror, mm. honestly. That's a very, like, I don't know, maybe 2014, 15 shot. But, like, yeah. I loved that. Where oh, the, yeah, like, the yeah. creature steps out of the thing and, yeah. like, expands. It it had moments where I genuinely was like, this is kind of cool. This is kind of scary. I really like that. But then it just took so long to get to those moments that by the time it did, I was already like tired. Like I was already like, okay, I wish I, I liked this. I can't think of a, a specific shot that is so dependent on like where you, the environment you're in mm, than the yeah. kids at the window. Cause if you're in the right environment, Oh my! Like the, my my uh, my downstairs where I watch TV, ha- like there's a TV. It is right next to a big window, and if I was Fuck at yeah. night and that window was up and I'm watching that scene, scary as hell. Yeah. But when I watched it, you know, this morning at 8 a.m., mm-hmm. sun's coming in. It it doesn't it doesn't work as much. That's not the movie's fault. That's mine. But um, because that's scary. That's spooky. It, scary. it it and they did the like you said they use kids mm-hmm. and that's really cool. But it's all about like when you do it, when you start it. Like there was so much random yeah. shit that, like I said, by the time it gets to these scares, and I did, I wanted to say I liked the lighting, but there were just not as many moments that lighting was used to be like really cool. Uh, I liked the blue behind the box. Um, I yeah. thought that it was kind of neat because one, it silhouettes the box and also gives this feeling of like it's coming out of this like cold void. And it, it was cool. It like took you out of it for a second for being like, oh, this is a truck. Like it, it just kind of had this weird feeling. It was really cool. I liked that. But then it just goes right back to being like your basic kind of like, you know, we're in the town. This is normal, whatever lighting. And so much mist. There was yeah. so much mist. And usually if it's used like really well, um, I liked it a lot. Uh, when we did Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. the mist was used very yeah. specifically to be like, you're in a dream. Like that's what's happening. Yeah. And with this one, it was like, sometimes it's there with the vampire. Sometimes it's not. And so yeah. I was like, well, what's up with this mist? If it had yeah. always been there with the vampire, you're right. It would have been ex- it would have been totally yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street where it's like, got it. Vampires are coming. You yeah. know? And so there's some mist. Watch out. Yeah. But it was everything. It, they would make a choice for one thing and then not stick with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to like part of me wanted to try and justify it and say that like this movie's not scary Oh, well, don't forget it's made for TV. But think about the movie. It, I know we keep comparing them, but they are both made for TV movies based on very scary things. Like, it's made for TV, and yet people still will say that it's one of the scariest movies they've ever seen. Simply because of, like, the acting, everything in it, like, the the premise itself is also very scary. But still, I, I think that the way it's made is so much better, and it's less cheesy, and it's less immediately in your face with what it has. It's not like... Yeah, we know. We got you. It's kind of like lets you build up to it. I don't know. Yeah. I just. I There's think so. simultaneously so much mythology in this and not mm. nearly enough. Yeah. Yeah. It, Everybody kind of knows it and they don't take the time to tell me. 
It's the one huh? thing they refuse yeah. to they refuse to have a parlor scene where everybody sits down and is like, Okay, now now here's what we know about the creature. The dude's just like, That house is spooky. Let's go deal with it. How how? Why? Where? Why does holy water glow when you're near vampires? But it doesn't when you're in the house the first time. Why is it Guatemalan holy water that does it? I yeah. I think I had so few notes on horror specifically because like one, it didn't scare me that much, but two, it just, I struggled to be scared because they didn't explain anything. Yeah. So I wish that I liked the lighting more. I was thinking about that's what I was excited about. (laughs) The lighting, like you were comparing it and this. And I think that one of the good things about it was that it was a lot of daylight horror. Yeah. And so you like really played into those like strong primary colors. Yeah. And like the juxtaposition was great, but in this one, it's supposed to be nighttime horror. And so you have this just really well lit cemetery and they're (laughs) by a lake and like their sides, their faces are lit up perfectly. And it's like the lighting didn't feel justified and it just didn't feel good. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. I think things not being justified is kind of the through line for this. It's Mm -hmm. just like, a lot of stuff that could have been good if they just explained it or had a reason for it. Like, mm-hmm. it just, nothing was justified. It was just weird. <laughs> and, like, I, when I was reading the facts about how it was made and stuff, and he was like, yeah, like, I just really wanted to make this super eerie and make you uncomfortable with the way it was lit. And I wanted to do all these things. And I was like, I picked up on none of that. So I don't know what lighting specifically was supposed to make me feel uneasy but it just wasn't because everything's pretty bright and then he also said with them moving the um scenes of them floating like in reverse i think that's neat and i like that they did that but also like i didn't notice no it didn't feel like i was shocked when you said that because i was like really they did i didn't i didn't know that and i he was like yeah i wanted it to be extra eerie when you watch them float and they're in like this reverse and make it look unhuman and blah blah, blah. and i'm like really because it just looked like kids floating mm. i like i i think Again, i was I, oh. distracted in the kids floating scene because they kept like kind of bopping around the frame they were really like, like if you were <laughs> sitting still and scratching the window Shit. that would be a lot scarier still. to me but instead they were just like i have to all four corners like the save like the screen saver what I was feel it? like Windows screen the screen saver. Yeah, you were like, hit the corner, hit the corner. Yeah. It's the DVD. Yeah. And <sighs> the kid was like, gotta hit them all. So I <laughs> I found it very distracting and I wanted it to sit still and because see, I think it would have yeah. been more sinister if he wasn't bopping around. See, this is the fourth kind, remember? <laughs> sit still. <laughs> I, I think that that also comes from this weird thing of like pride where they were like, we're not going to use wires. We're not going to, you can always see them. We won't use them. So they're on a boom arm, which like, that's not, not that if you sturdy. pump a thousand pounds of smoke into the scene, they're Literally, not going to see the wires. They were like, even in the best movie, you'll see it. And I'm like, well, I got news for you. It's not the best movie. So go ahead and just fucking do it. Yeah. And they didn't. They popped this kid on a boom arm and he's just like bopping around. With mono hands. On, it looked like he was like, I'm doing a trick. And it kind of looked like he was just dancing for his brother. Like he was just like, yeah. remember me? And I was just like, hey, man. Just get out of here. Just scoot and skedaddle. The glowing eyes should have been the scariest part. Yes. Again, in Midnight Mass, the glowing eyes are the scariest part of that vampire. Yeah. His appearance is very good, but the glowing eyes, there's a couple of, like, for the first two episodes, all you see is occasionally glowing (sighs) eyes and they move. Oh, God, that always gets me. It's It's really And it's the scariest thing on earth, and that should have been... That's what they're going to steal that for the the new one. Um, Yeah. And it should have been that. It just... I mean, it wasn't 
Yeah. I'm excited now that there's a new one simply because I'd like to see if they can do it and I like it. Yeah, I, I just want to see if like, I, I'd like to cover it again and just see if maybe it's better because personally, I think Pet Cemetery is a great adaptation yeah. of Stephen King's book. Mm. I, I read the book. I liked it. I liked the movie quite a bit and I think it is really scary. There are moments in that movie where I still think about it mm. and I watched the remake and I didn't love it. It's not that good. It's very like, eh, okay, kind of run-of-the-mill horror film. But because this one, this original, is so cheesy, I almost feel like I would I would watch a run-of-the-mill horror film version of this in a heartbeat and be like, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. One, like, one, one movie. One movie. One two-hour. I'll give you 215. I'll give this. you 215. You can, <laughs> or if you're going to make it two parts, have there be, again, a Midnight Mass thing where like the last movie is just the that night. Yeah. It's that whole night and that's all awesome. that night. That'd be awesome. Love that. Very cool. But... Yeah, so I'm intrigued to see if there's something that can be done about that. (laughs) I think one of the biggest flaws from going from the book to the movie was that in the book, like, it's it's 400 pages and there are so many backstories. And then that is supposed to make the, like, comparison between this bustling town that's so full of connections to... They're driving through and there's no one on the streets because everyone's undead now and they're hiding in a cellar. Right. And so there's supposed to be this sudden like dearth of people. But then in this movie, we instead have a few characters that we get backstories on, but they're not like we don't have townspeople. We don't have extras. And so he goes in, takes a ton of left turns real easy. No one's out there. And it's like you didn't build up your population visually. Right. Instead, you just peppered in a few backstories that were dramatic. Teeny tiny ones, too. That like, I... Did we see and... the town drunk die? Weasel? Yeah, Weasel. Does he die? I didn't know if he did. Because they give us a little bit of his backstory. I was actually really intrigued by Weasel at yeah. first. I was like, okay. He kind of sees everything. This is really cool. Like, don't That's... give us much. No, I don't think him, he him... And honestly, I think the sheriff leaving town is a really good scene. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see what they're going for. And I think the guy acts it really well where he's basically like, I'm cool. Deal with it. I'm leaving. My family and I are going. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Very fuck the shit I'm out of him. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. <laughs> God. Yeah. I would. I wanted to like it. It's basically like, I, I really was excited to be like, maybe it's, maybe it's good. Like maybe I was pretty upset when I found out it was three hours. Cause I was like, that's, that's going to be a lot. I cannot sit through super long movies, yeah. but yet. And I thought, well, because it's three hours, it's gotta be, you know, really heavy on the details. Fucking nothing. <laughs> and I think there's, you cannot say that you didn't have enough time or there was too much material to cover because we just did train to Basan which one is an incredible movie, but literally they, uh, they get into characters backstories with the littlest moments. And they give us these snippets of characters relationships so fast that, you know, it can be done. It's you can do it. Like you get this entire loving sister relationship just from this one scene. Mm -hmm. You couldn't do that with, you couldn't give us some, Instead, you have a few vignettes of Mark, the kid that liked all the creepy yeah. hobbies and stuff. You know, my child. My, my and, baby. <laughs> uh, then you have, like, one scene with the priest real quick before this moment. And then you have, like, this intervention sit down and they, like, call on the priest yeah. to talk to Mark. And they're like, babe, your hobbies are creepy. And, it, like, it was like, supposed to be, like, this backstory and, like, his connection. And it just, 
the way that Mark was involved, it was very much, we need to set up that he knows monsters, so he's going to recognize a vampire thrall when he sees one. Yeah. And then he's also going to have to be a fucking rope bunny and get out of a chair. So. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. It, like, again, it was totally force-fed. It wasn't, it wasn't the subtle character development you get, like, in Train to Busan. It was like, Oh, he likes magic. And you're like, okay, so he can get out of handcuffs. Awesome. And He's like, like well, Dad, I can get out of anything. And his dad's like, that's like, nice. literally Dad going, okay, I don't give a shit. Like, I, this scene is just so they know you can get out of ropes. Bye. <laughs> um, and same with, I liked what they started to do with him when he's introducing the town, like, the play mm-hmm. when he was like yes and i know all about the town history and blah 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 and then they do it again where he's like introducing something and i'm mm-hmm. like okay this kid's kind of spooky and then they were <laughs> like you liked that and then they just shove it in your face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was there was potential yeah. but yeah i don't have any other specific notes on horror unfortunately i wanted to but i do the scariest moment mm-hmm, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. though we did just sort of roast the moment that i <laughs> Oh, I my scariest moment is a moment we've roasted. Oh, good. Yeah. Same. I was like, my scariest moment 100% got roasted, but I still, out of this movie, I was like, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Do you want to do yours or yeah. do you want to, do you have a scariest moment, Daniel? I think it's the guy, I think it's the master rising up from his little yeah. tape pile. Yeah. That was I, really cool. It's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and it, it did feel not out of place, but just like out of place because it was good. Like it was like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, my scariest moment was the little kid at the window yep. the first time. Yep, same. Because mm-hmm. he, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily, he is bopping around. So that part was kind of weird, but it's his <laughs> face. He looks really happy. See? Yes. Creeps yeah. the crap out of me. They kept his... So, okay, I see. Kate, no. We have the same scariest moment. I wondered why you were like, agreeing with me so hard. I was like, she's really liking this. Um, it's his face. It's because they kept his childlike, like, ooh, I'm just here to play. They kept that... Kids scare me. I mean, yeah. we've talked about this many times on the podcast. Kids scare the fuck out of me. One of my first notes when that kid pops up is, no, this can stop. Like, I was like, I don't want to see this little kid floating around. Scared the shit out of me. I, um, yeah. It gets a little overused later mm-hmm, in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when it first shows up, and like you said with the window, I watched this next to my giant window in my living room. Yep. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And so very effective uh, in that moment. Yeah. My uh, scariest moment, the same one. Yeah. But my caveat is like the first half of that scene. Yes. Because it just, it goes it on goes too on. long. If to me, like the, um, I can finish the sentence. His makeup, mm-hmm. I thought was incredible. Like, I, I loved really it. loved the design yeah. where it was like the darkness around the eyes and then like the yellow and just kind of like the faint, he had like, smile. Like very red cheeks. He was yeah. very like, yeah. like bl- happy. They crunch up the blush. And, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I loved the creature makeup, basically, like the undead makeup they did. Yeah. And I didn't like the motion yeah. of him yeah. going yeah. all around. around. But I did, okay, I hate the noise, but I loved the use of the scratching because it wasn't too loud. No, it was very subtle. And there was another moment in the movie where they used a horrific sound that I hate, that I loved. And it's when they're, uh, yes, of course, <laughs> when they're loading the vamp in a box into the truck. Okay. And it's just like, yeah, thank you. Uh, when they're like lifting the box. Yes. And it's like that screeching yeah, noise yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. machinery grinding, but it's also like, this is unholy. And yeah. I love that shit. 
Sound wasn't too bad. No. I didn't dislike the sound in this. I didn't really have any notes for it specifically, but I did like it. Like it was, it was pretty good for the most Serviceable. part. Serviceable. I didn't, I didn't love the music. I didn't love the like, ah! like every time <laughs> they would do something, Sorry. they would add that like that you know, yeah, moment. And I didn't love that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little overused. If you give us like one or two, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's all right. I didn't see the point. I didn't see the point in trying yeah. to set up this like moody town and then having everything be accented with like a full orchestra playing behind it. Yeah. It felt something a bit more, maybe just maybe one thing or just change up the instrument or something, you know, it it felt very, it felt like it was clashing with this trying to do, it's a small town and we have our full Philharmonic orchestra (laughs) here. Like it it was a little uh, jarring. I think sometimes. Yeah. I think it would have been cool if it was like, um, a simple simple like piano keys music very mm. like like you said old town and then every now and then when you get like a moment of like the stake stabbing somebody you get that like shing like that noise yeah. that we get sometimes <laughs> then i'm like oh cool like it feels out of place because the music has been so simple but the music has already been so much that i was like of course you're gonna do that like halloween, of course. i mean halloween nails it the original halloween does such like, a good job <laughs> john carpenter should have just done this <laughs> yes Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I and I think well, I was disappointed because I like Toby Hooper mm. a lot. Um, well, I like I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I thought because it had that little taste of like humor, small town, like it was kind of funny, but in an eerie way where like it's not supposed to be funny, but these people in the movie think it's hilarious, like the family. And then it's the opposite with Poltergeist, where Poltergeist was kind of funny, but they knew it. They were trying to be like, yeah, it's kind of humorous. Like we know what we're doing. We're making a commentary yeah. on. But this one, I was like, I don't know what you want me to feel. Like, it's not funny. You don't you don't want it to be funny, clearly. But it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but those are my notes, and that's my scariest moment. So yeah, I think that is how I felt about horror. <laughs> Does this mean y'all are ready for tropes? Oh, I'm so ready for tropes because yeah. I was like three okay. hour movie. What are we gonna yeah. get? <laughs> I kept it like kind of tropes light because first of all, nerd corner was excessive, and then second of all, I want the Dracula like knowledge. Uh, what was the word I'm looking for? I was gonna say knowledge basin, and I was like, that just sounds weird. Kind of okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want the Dracula expert to weigh in on there. We go. Tropes. There we are. Uh, so I have just a few tropes, uh, <laughs> but then I do want to hear just like. From watching so, so many, many. <laughs> Dracula movies, your thoughts. So I already talked about this one, adaptational personality change. Mm-hmm. So it's Barlow from like the man of wealth and charismatic to right. li- literally never says a word, has rats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> has rats. <laughs> has rats. Uh, anyone can die. Okay. And yeah. it's one of those things... <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. Everyone's seen Rogue One. When I was watching Rogue One, uh, I turned to my dad and I said, I'm glad this isn't like a George R.R. Martin thing because like then everyone would die. And he just looked at me like, (laughs) (laughs) because then a half hour later I was sobbing and angry. And this, that's like the prime example, aside from the fact that Rogue One is very much about like this last ditch, desperate effort and like sacrifice and stuff. Anyone Can Die feels very um, Game of Thrones to me, where it's like, you like Ned Stark? Head on a pike. So (laughs) it's also like you build up all these stories and these characters, and then they're pushed onto antlers at the end of the wall. I I did like that. Yeah. I thought that was kind of neat. I was like, all right, spooky. (laughs) And I think when it's done well, Mm -hmm. 
anyone can die is a good trope. Yeah. You know, tropes are tools. Right. But, um... It is... I do like that trope. Yeah. It's, as long as it's justified. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then this one... I don't feel compelled to explain these, but it's yeah. creepy basement, creepy cemetery, creepy child. Boom. Trifecta. <laughs> my favorite... My favorite three things. <laughs> yeah. The creepy trio. Yeah. Uh, we have the Renfield, which oh. is the, like, human, um, not consort exactly, but it's, like, the human servant yeah. of a vampire. And that's what Straker was in yep. this. He was the Renfield because he, like, sets the stage and goes ahead. And if we look at 30 Days of Night, the human right. does that for the vampires there as well. He's promised, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, did. <laughs> yeah. So this allows for, like, a lot of the exposition the setup like all those things the renfield is a plot device but then it's also he becomes also very sinister in his own right yeah uh and also very strong and you wouldn't think that from he's looking very at him. strong he picked, he's like ah, he it's, lifted that man that willowy old gent like i get why they made him i get like not not uh, not politically, but in terms of like pop culture at the time, I yeah. get not making him a Bella Lugosi type. There's something so much scarier about the way you're describing it, where it's like these two guys, yeah, in on it. You know, they either one is they're both monsters in their own way. You know, that sounds way scarier than just here's my rat friend Dave, <laughs> and he's gonna rat eat kids. Like, it's just I have a rabid rat. I hope you like it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, was God. not covered in the lease, sir. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. It was some lead paint. Sorry about it. <laughs> There's lead paint. So many rats. And the carpet's oozing. I'd be fine with the rats. <laughs> yeah. Oi. Yeah. Uh, and then my last trope is how we got here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you actually touched on it earlier where it's, um, we start off in Guatemala, like very briefly. Yeah. And then we don't have the context for it until the end when we like kind of overlap a little bit. And then we see further in Guatemala. Right. And it's like. When it starts off two years in the future, or whatever, you're like, how the fuck do you get from Maine to Guatemala? I literally was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it, so, like, it was the last like 20 minutes of the movie, and I was like, wait, when did this happen? And I had like a moment, and, I, and then they, you know, went to Guatemala. It's like, okay, right. this makes more sense now. Like, okay, yeah. But I, I like when a how we got here is done well. I'm not yeah. saying if this one was done well, but I like the trope when it is used. It is cool. Well, yeah, I do like when they do that. So it felt like cool. it was setting up another. Thing, like, I don't think Return to Salem's... I've never seen Return to Salem's Lot. Mm-mm. I don't think that follows any of the same characters, though. Mm. Yeah, And so it's weird that they it. wouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't know. I could. It could be. I've, I've literally never uh, seen it. I have heard Return of it. Return to Salem's Lot is actually available to rent for free, I believe. Oh. Not rent. Mm. Available to watch for free. So I'd, I'd be intrigued to actually check that one out just because, like, I think it might actually just be a movie. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, a TV thing. It's just a movie. And I... I don't know. Now hmm. I'm kind of like, would I like that one better? Maybe. Hmm. Let's see. Doesn't have asshole novelist. God, that guy. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> but I don't think it does. Yeah. No, it's a different. A different guy returns to the town yeah. of Salem's Lot. Uh, oh boy, here we go. Love this for me. <laughs> Just again. He's like everything's burned down, and he leaves. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, shit. Everything's on fire. I gotta go. Yeah. Oh, this looks I don't cool. shovel ash. I'm sorry. And he just goes. Shovel it ash. <laughs> right in the middle of the Wikipedia article about a return to Salem's lot, Axel gives Joe a tour of the town during which he explains the dangers of drinking human blood in the late 20th century, amongst them various contractable viruses such as hepatitis and AIDS. There you go. <laughs> Full <laughs> circle, it. baby. <laughs> hey, boy. It all comes back. <laughs> it doesn't always come back to tuberculosis. It kind of always does, yeah. That's true. 
those are the tropes that I prepared. I would yeah. love to hear more about what you've witnessed in your many, many hours of Dracula content. <laughs> there is, um, the, I don't know what you would, I, I always love how like succinctly you name them. Mm-hmm. Um, there is definitely a trope of the out, like the outsider and they lean into that a mm. ton here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which again feels like they're making a point because there's a whole scene where the the one guy is who is the um, the Renfield to our vampire mm-hmm. is like oh uh, chow, he says chow or something he says chow yeah some oh, yeah. chow yeah he's like chow and it's a whole thing there's a callback to it he says it to the <laughs> cop you don't quite know who you're like are you rooting for the small town cop who doesn't know what chow means or the guy who's <laughs> so clearly a bad guy yep. that it's hilarious. <laughs> yep. Um, but there's, yeah, there's something, um, there's something malicious about depicting outsiders this way. Um, it is, it is, uh, maybe interesting story-wise, but culturally has a shit ton of problems behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that one, definitely. Uh, vampires always have dirty, most of the time have dirty houses. Huh. Interesting. Dirty houses. They don't like cleaning. They don't like cleaning. Well, they're tired. Like you can't see dust at night. It sort of makes sense with when Dracula's in his cat when they're when they're in their old castles before they come into the slick new world of the future. Because in that case, they're big old castles and it's one person and it's it's impossible to keep that clean. In this case, though, you got to question why the guy living there isn't just a little fed up with it. You know, because I would be. I should really do something. <laughs> or if they just show, if they just were like, there's one room in the house that's that's his space, and it's very like neat. There's a toaster, but instead it looks like no one stepped foot in here in thousands of years. Yeah. You know? I love that. He like sets an egg timer for 15 minutes. He's like, I'll do the dishes. I'm gonna do it this time. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Can you guys wait two seconds, please? Two seconds. <laughs> two seconds. Um, the, yeah, there is a lot of um. I think looking forward without a whole lot of looking back in this one mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. other vampires. Um, and the fact that they so much, the irony of ripping off Nosferatu, which is itself an illegal ripoff of the yep. book or the play uh, Dracula <laughs> mm-hmm. is hilarious. Um, yeah. They just, they, they do it without paying anything forward. I feel like there's mm-hmm. nothing new added to the lore. Cause even at this point, you know, at this point, I think we, we would have had four or five of the Christopher Lee Draculas by this point. Um, we've already had Bella Lugosi. We've already had Nosferatu. Uh, we've had the 1931 Spanish version of Dracula, which is a pretty much a shot for shot version of Bella Lugosi's that they just did entirely in Spanish. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Uh, whole different cast, but it's um, so that, you know, we've had a bunch of stuff at this point and this one is not trying to do anything new. I feel like it's not really a trope. It's more of just a, yeah. It's something we try to watch for is like, okay, when are they really trying to do something unique mm-hmm. yeah. with it? And and love it or hate it, you know, Twilight Twilight did that. You know, Twilight really Hell threw a ton yeah. of new stuff at the wall for better or for worse, for, for vampires and um, werewolves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's it's kind of rare that you see a movie like that where they, they really are like, okay, we're going to clearly – homage it you know he's gonna he's gonna look yeah. like it he's gonna have the cape or whatever um without trying to do something new you know and i think it's interesting that they were like people are so sick of 
that movie from 1931. We're going to do a movie from 1925 instead. <laughs> like, that's that's a – I get the idea, but it's a weird thing. It's like, well, just, just do something new, you know? Do a – they. I mean, I don't think Lost Boys had come out at this point yet. I but don't like, think so. Make him a cool motorcycle guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I – I didn't even think of that. I didn't. The I forgot that they didn't want to make thing for small town Maine. <laughs> they were like, we don't want to make them hot because that's overdone. But they were like, let's just make them Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so funny. If they, or if they'd done that, but then, you know, uh, one of my favorite Dracula things is when they drink, the, and some Draculas do it, or vampires do it, not just Dracula, but when it's like they, they start old and then they drink blood oh, yeah. and they get young and hot. Right. One of my favorite, favorite things that I... <sighs> Was maybe I, I was I I knew they didn't, but I had hoped on this rewatch that this movie would have changed, and there was something there, you know, especially because it's you know he's trying to build this coven, I guess. Yeah. Um, Personally, but, I like it when Dracula's are green. I thought maybe that's something fresh and new they could have done. At least that guy <laughs> loves himself, though. You know, yeah. at least he <laughs> he true. loves being himself. The wolf Wolfman suffers from this a lot more. Like a lot of Wolfman movies, they they uh, literally want to kill themselves. Like that's God. the whole point of the movie. And it's oh, like, why yeah. would you make a movie about this? Why are you doing this to me? Oh why God, is... Kate's got him up. He is kind of green. He's kind <gasps> he of green. Is. Oh my God, our yeah. boy, he's here. Hold on, I can share my screen to show you. It's the same Look one. Look at our boy. <laughs> this is why I rated him so high. It's because I loved him. Look at that. Okay, and that, yeah, no, yeah, I see it. He's bluish. Yeah, it's a blue green. Okay, this this was sinister. That's, I did like yes, that. The look at me, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're looking at the guy in the uh, rocking chair. If anybody, yeah, yeah. I don't. So if anybody can't see, you can't see. Uh, that, that might actually great. be the I scariest part. Yeah, that the was lighting. Eyes was used well in that part. And to your lighting point, that was lighting wise. I think the most that effective the scene because yeah. it's yeah. actually dark that's yeah. true yeah and, and, and it's any, got that yeah. same thing you talked about with the window like it's got that same atmosphere the lighting everything was pretty good in that moment it doesn't there a is. lot of the scene <laughs> there's my window boy <laughs> a lot of the scenes in the windows i think mm-hmm. do do one thing well where they make it seem very dreamlike like you don't see mm-hmm. anything outside of the windows when they're yeah. floating outside the windows which I think if it had been a bit more purposeful to make it seem like there's nothing out there, it's just yeah. you and me, baby, could be really, really scary, actually. Um, yeah, and yeah. especially playing into the whole, like, vampires don't play into the home invader thing a lot. Um, yeah. But I think they very easily could be made to do that. Um, the whole being invited in thing. Again, never explained in this movie why they have to be invited in. Right. Um, it- it's never really mentioned as a thing, even. No. It's, they Jason just do. At one point, he's like, I revoke my invitation. I was like, you can do that? And I was like, I love affirmative right. ongoing consent. Can you just like, do this that? Is excellent. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think you could do that with vampires. I, I want an enthusiastic be. yes or, or just a yeah. no is fine. You know, uh-huh, that's, uh-huh. that's how, how we play this game. How easy would it be to thwart vampires if they're about you to bite you? In. And you went, I take it back. And they were like, it, oh. Okay. It's even Wait, weirder what? why he burns the town down because it's like you don't, they can't get to you. They can't just go in a house. Just okay. Like, go in a house care. and then, when, he was and then done. When, when the sun's out, then go kill them. Just the man 
was looking for a reason to burn that town down. He was like, just give me a reason. <laughs> like, my God. This dude was so obsessed with his own trauma that he refused to talk about with anyone else in the movie. And not in like a you need therapy way, in a way of like, I'm so damaged. About what? Like, what about? What? <sighs> what? Just don't. Like, you would understand. You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> he made me so mad because he just like manhandles a child. Because he constantly, like, shoves this kid. And, like, he shoves him so hard. The kid's, like, glassy-eyed and, like, stumbling. And it's, like, you, I get it. You just dropped the holy water. That was a Butterfingers moment on you. But, like, at the same time, he just has... It feels like he doesn't have control over what he's doing in that moment. And not in, like, this unhinged way. Just, like, this... Dude, fucking think of someone else. <laughs> He also I, looks I'm like he's about 41 and she looks 23. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. She the age like, difference is bad. I thought she was like a child. When he first walked up to her, I was like, why are you walking up to this yeah. high schooler? Uh -huh. And then he was like, hello. And I was like, oh, uh, don't. <laughs> and it's funny because I think they actually made a big deal about hiring a younger actor because some of the people that they wanted were like in their 50s. And he's Ugh. like, no, someone in their 30s. Oh God. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know how old Bedelia was. I don't Bonnie know. Bonnie Bedelia? Bedelia. I know. I read it and I was just like, Amelia Bedelia. Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> oh, God. We have to rate this movie, and I'm oh, yeah. genuinely worried. First, we need to choose a rating scale. Which, what? You've got... <gasps> Kate has added one to her notes, and I think that's it. Go ahead, though, if you want to say yours. Okay, I didn't say, like, half of these things, but there were moments in the movie where I was like... She, it sounds like she can't say the word telephone. Like, she was like, someone's on the telephone. And so it's croaked telephones. Croaked telephones, very uh, good. Swimming siblings, because they're, like, swimming <laughs> through the mist. Uh, Buds. One, don't remember who the fuck says this. I think it might have been Bonnie. She's like, I'll whisper in your pearly little ear. And I was like, who the, what, what's a pearly little ear? Uh, <laughs> vamp in a box. Vamp in a box. Funny old ducks. Someone says it. I love it. I like funny old ducks. Spooky grandpas. I already know what Jason I'm going to choose because yep. it's the last one. You just uh -huh. added it. Uh -huh. I watched you type it. Uh -huh. Shoveling ash. <laughs> you. Yeah. I think 100% it's shoveling ash. Um, yeah. Because like, listen, we've we've never really had a rating scale that comes straight from Nerd Corner, no. and I think that's great. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. So we do this out of five, and we usually just hold it up. If you want to do a half, just give us a little, <laughs> a little knuckle. <laughs> little nub, um, little nub. Just a little nub. Um, so how many shoveling ashes do you give this movie? I have to think. Okay, I've got my answer. You guys ready? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. I'm going to wing right. it. I'm going to wing it. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, this is great because this really is good. Yeah. No, don't change it. I love this. We have a one and a half, uh -huh. a two, and a two and a half. Yeah, that averages out really nicely. That's great. Yeah. Even though we don't do averages here. We don't do averages. No. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, do you want to explain why you've given it a one and a half? Uh -huh. Even though yes. we've basically done that. <laughs> I think there are, because I think, I think much like the original It, there are a couple of really iconic images from this, but I mm -hmm. think if you really take the time to watch it, it kind of falls apart mm. um i think yeah i mean just the, the characters aren't interesting the plot is sort of interesting but takes too long to get where it's going uh -huh. um there's no theme clear or otherwise um <laughs> there's just nothing there's no theme and even even the iconic images you have to be in the right setting to be scared by them yeah. right um 
I think I, I think I am swayed a little bit by you reading the directors and the writers talking about it because I'm like, oh, now that I know that you tried so hard, it makes it worse. Yeah. It makes it because movies that where they don't try as much, but it and it doesn't work. You're like, I oh, really just didn't give a shit. So okay, fine. They really tried. They, they really like, tried. Hooper specifically, yeah, they because chose... he didn't do TV. They wanted someone to make it look like a movie, and he did a movie. They also saw Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre, and they were like, Oh yeah, and it has no Texas Chainsaw vibes. Like, there's just no, I don't there's no think. fun. I, Texas Chainsaw like Massacre is fun Carter. sometimes. You yeah, know, it, there's no don't... there's no joy in this town, but not in an intentional way of no. like, look at how evil corrupts a community. It was just mm-hmm. like, no, people were jerks before the vampire got here and then the vampire got here, turned them into vampires. So what's the difference? Yeah. Who cares? You know, yeah. these are bad people. You know, a lot, there's a <sighs> lot of bad people here before it. So, yeah. What difference does it make? Yeah. My reasons are all the same. Yeah. I mean, I mostly just think that it's not justified. Like nothing felt, there wasn't a reason for so many things that I just stopped paying attention. Cause I was like, well, if you're not going to give me a reason, um, and I don't know anything about film. Like, it's not like I study this. I don't know. I'm just going off how I felt. I just, it was just boring. Like it's like you said, it took so long. They were like, okay, let's do this one scene and show him walking to the house for like a good two minutes. And I was like, why you've lost my attention. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> um, but in the, like the, the parts that are scary are so few and in between that I was like, I don't by this point, I don't care. That's not worth it. It doesn't make this worth watching. <laughs> Oy. I finally remembered the word that I was trying to think of like 20 or 30 minutes ago. Oh yeah. Self-indulgent. The movie ah, feels self-indulgent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. It feels like it did it for itself. Yeah. <laughs> percent. Like, oh, aren't we cute and sneaky and we're gonna yeah. make you look at this I'm like, I'm just, uh, we've already seen him driving yeah it, it felt like a it just felt like somebody who like they're about to give you like an explanation of something and they think they're about to just drop some knowledge on you and they're like didn't you didn't you didn't realize right and you're like but i did like yeah I, you're not surprising me in any way <laughs> it just felt like a cocky yeah. dick it's at a party ex- <laughs> it's an exploitation it, it feels like there are moments where they I mean, I, I, I don't want to speak for them. I don't like doing that. But I think some moments feel like they're trying because they, they got they couldn't show blood, you know, and right. you can't really show a whole lot of violence. Right. And I think they didn't use that limitation the way it should have been used because there are still moments where, like you said, very indulgent where it's like, this is really edgy, actually. Yeah. And it's like, n- no, not it's really. not. And then to count like and then you balance that with the fact like there's like there are movies like. Yeah, human centipedes, for example, where it's like right. this is just so disturbing to look at that there is some sort of reaction, but mm-hmm. you can't do that with this. So you're just you, you got a big platter and there's nothing on it, you know. Right, and you can do a lot with like implied horror, like mm-hmm. or like discretion we, shots. Yeah, and we talked about that again. Not to bring it up again, but it is the same way where it's made for TV. They were limited, but they still had. We talked about this a lot, where it was like the blood was allowed to be shown as long as it wasn't necessarily coming out of anybody. So you get this bloody movie, but it's just not coming from a body. So it had its own eeriness. They gave you this, the scares in different ways. And this one just didn't, it was like, Oh, we're not allowed to do that. We just want them. And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> but I'm still intrigued to watch it. The remake and the second one. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious to see if like, they're any better. If, yeah. If because they're not limited by the TV and by just having new people working on it, if it's just something, Fresh and new. So, 
the reason I gave it 2.5 is, first of all, I pulled up our like list of rankings of some of our episodes, <laughs> Yeah. and I gave uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2.5, uh-huh. and I can't give this less than Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I like this more than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? Uh, yes. I <sighs> was bored shitless at Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> That's how I felt with this one. Uh, and I was also bored in this one, but in this one, there were moments where I thought... It was close to being well done, and it just didn't fit my taste. So, like, first of all, all the obvious things that y'all said agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there were a few moments where it's like Cully is aiming the shotgun at Crocker and or Crockett. I don't fucking know his name. Uh, and you see him only from like the angle, like side beneath his chin. So it's like pointing up at an angle. And it's just, like, a very close shot, and it's, like, angled from below. And so it's, like, a very strange, uncomfortable, close angle. And then when you see the other guy, it's, like, more straight on, and it's, like, more level. And I thought that that was really interesting, the way that was done. And then, like, there's a scene where they're in the Marston house, and they're at the foot of the staircase, and then suddenly the camera just, like, pans back. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sure there was a reason for that. Don't know what it was. I, th- I think if you justified it more, it could have been really cool. Maybe yeah. I missed something. Um, and then the creature design. I liked it a lot. And so it's like, I feel sad that I think that they cut the wrong things, basically, from adapting this. Because they cut so, 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 so much personal backstory for a ton of characters. Yeah. And instead of, like, cutting a lot of the characters, they... They tried to, like, include a few as, like, oh, you can imagine the rest, right? And uh, no. <laughs> no. And I don't want to. And I feel like you would have had a stronger film if you dropped that aspect and focused more on something else. And so it's, like, that was a long-winded reasoning for getting it two and a half. But uh, two and a half shoveling ashes. <laughs> I would shovel two and a half ashes. It's so yeah. easy. Like, the Train to Busan example is so good of, like, even non-verbally, there's really good ways of really good and frankly, really easy ways to show relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and they just didn't do any of them, you know, no, just easy ways to show so many things in film. And it just it feels like they just it feels like they try to make it hard on themselves. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt like they take they they, they cranked it up to hard mode, but yeah. couldn't handle it. Yeah. I, I don't know. But that's. That's how I feel about Salem's Lot. Yeah. Much like Salem's Lot, it's a long episode. But like, <laughs> what are you going to do? It was three hours. The episode's shorter than the movie, so. We said that before when we did wh- The Wailing. <laughs> yep. We were like, the episode's shorter than the movie. You can't yell at us. Can't get mad. So we did our best. Uh, but before we wrap anything up, do you want to, one more time, pitch your, pitch your podcast or any other podcast? You said you have other ones, too. So I was like, listen, you, you pitch it all, bud. Yeah, Yeah, so we've got uh, we got the Great Transylvanian Bite Off. Um, Every week we do a different uh, movie. Sometimes we do uh, a TV show. Um, So we had like a two parter episode because we did the the BBC Dracula series, which is like three hour and a half long things. So that was going to take a while. Yeah. So, yeah, we we talk about those. Um, We rank them. We've got a whole ranking thing. Um, I make baseball cards with them sometimes. Um, I also have a, another show called The Mistletoe Secret, um, where my buddy Trey and I are watching every yeah, Daniel. 
every single Hallmark movie. We oh, just no. finished 2014. Um, it's incredible. Every time I see it on Twitter, I'm like, this is fucking great. I love the it's, Twitter. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but we, we watch them with the assumption that there is a, uh, a shared Marvel-esque universe amongst Please all of them. Please still Trey, I said hi. I will, yeah. <laughs> I love him. Um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and I've got another one called University Radio, which is a... Um, a college radio show from a uh, spooky university. Um, <gasps> That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, it's very, it's 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 kind of Night Vale College edition is what I, I usually describe it as. Um, nice, nice, nice. And we've got other other alumni <laughs> from Otterbein on that too. Um, <gasps> what a so <laughs> yeah, lots of different stuff. We'd love That's to amazing. have you at any of them. Oh, hell yeah! Thank you. Thank you for talking about yeah. this long movie with Thank us, you Daniel. For watching long us through our movie, movie and then talking long to movie. us about it. Yeah. <laughs> we had to get a Dracula expert in here. Yeah. <laughs> Sad that, you know, Evan couldn't be here, but yeah. Evan, here sen- Evan sends his love and oh, sends we his wisdom. Him. We share a hive mind about Dracula. <laughs> good, good, good. Perfect. I could feel it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. So that wraps up Salem's lot. Yeah. Oi. again for our guest thank you so much daniel daniel cuckle he's amazing he's gem his podcast he's got like three or I four didn't, i only knew about two of them what a busy boy uh-huh. um but yeah check out his podcast because yeah. he is so funny and i actually went to college with everybody that's on this on all of his podcasts and um they're all amazing and funny and great people and i love them so absolutely check it out yeah that wraps up our discussion of salem's lot if you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other folks find us. Um, it's kind of like the place to review. It's the more important one. Yeah. I mean, you can rate and review on like Spotify, Spotify and a lot of things. But Podcast Addict, yeah. Apple Podcasts, the one. Yeah. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Ghoul With It. And every Wednesday, we'll post the movie for the week as well as where you can stream it if you can yeah. stream it for Freezy somewhere. I'll try to mention if it's like for rent. So that way yeah. you at least know if you want to watch it, you can rent it. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to get paywalled by big Netflix. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bitter all the time about just being paywalled. Always bitter. <laughs> you can check out our extended show notes on our website on a slight delay. Um, they, I'm still uploading a lot of things to the website, but it's, they are uh, eventually. Kate, working so hard. You work so hard on this website, so just be clear. Kate, we both have full-time jobs, and Kate does this website just like whenever she can, so be nice. It's justcoolwithitpod.com. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> I just Be rearranged nice. the episodes page. They look great. Thank you. Say how nice they look, everyone. <laughs> you could also take a look at our Patreon, patreon.com slash justcoolwithit. And we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons, mm-hmm. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Mick, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, and Janice. Woo! I did the dance Hello. just for you. Oh, uh, what was our patron pick? This uh, oh, fuck tits. It was Train Busan. I knew it. We always forget to say the patron pick because like they usually just pick a banger. Yeah. So they did pick Mothman Prophecies last month, okay. and like I'm still a little bitter with them, yeah. but I love them so much that yeah. I'll let it slide. But they picked Train to Busan, yeah. and I was as we were talking about it, I was like, I think this might be the patron pick, but I was so excited and emotional that I forgot to mention it. But our patrons get to pick a movie each month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We do live uh, horror game streams every month. We do simul watches. Uh, it's really fun. Absolute blast. Um, join the join the Patreon if you want, you know, yeah. or just like spread the word. 
do we want to mention now that we're moving to an every other week skid? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, you want to take it away if sure. you want. So, we both, as we mentioned, work full-time jobs. <laughs> uh, we started this podcast in uh, April, like March of last year, yeah. and we were like, we can do a podcast a week. We got this. <laughs> and it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work. And we've loved it, but we're also tired and stretched quite thin <laughs> yeah i don't think it's like a permanent no. change either I, I think that like we're both just so uh busy yes. it's gotten very busy because yeah. like not only do we have full-time jobs but also you know we have like hobbies outside yeah. of this yeah. and watching a movie every single week usually is totally great mm-hmm. but it, when you want to watch other movies too it's like whew, I'm, I'm tired yeah. so, <laughs> so we're going yeah. down to every other week uh we will still have our patron picks we'll still have awesome awesome guests we're just yeah. going to have uh, a lower frequency. Nothing on the Patreon is changing frequency no. either. So it's still horror game stream every month, you know, mm-hmm. simul watches, all that stuff. We still post behind the scenes stuff and like all of that. It's just the episodes are going to be every other week, which is great, I think, because that gives us more time to do better research yep. and like to really not stretch ourselves thin and like put all of our energy into it. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a nice break. And then yeah. maybe when we get less busy, we'll come back. Hey, yeah. I was going to say, hell yeah, and then, hey, yeah, yeah. and I don't know. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad we <laughs> put that right at the end of our important notification. They liked it. They liked it. <laughs> the intro and outro music <sighs> was not what I just not said, that. actually. It no. wasn't that, but actually. It, it was created by Anthony Racazella, and the cover art is by our very own <laughs> Nikki Solomon. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> How short can we make it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm ending it on. Yeah. <laughs>